We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. BBC Finley, 106.7 The Fan. Snowy morning, especially coming out from Loudoun County and Fairfax. I hope everybody got into work safely. If you're out there riding around, take care of yourselves. If you have any sensors on the front of your car, Make sure you clean the snow off because that uh, driver assist will not work. I think okay? it was a snowy morning coming in from Montgomery County considering JP's not here yet. <laughs> I am here. Oh, there he is. I was the first person here. The show always starts at 10.04. I went and got a bottle of water. I, I don't know. <laughs> Landville just decided that we're going early today. Nah, it's just the commercials were done. It is bizarre that B comes in and says, yo, the uh, the supersonic sensor on my on my new truck was 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 snowed out and i said dude the not supersonic the regular ass sensor on my truck was snowed out i got the alert like hey your crash assistance or whatever isn't working you need to clean the snow off landfill what won't surprise you is b mitch told me that he immediately when he parked his truck cleaned it off what do you think i did you did not clean it off. No. absolutely nothing um well i just wanted to see what exactly it was to make sure i was right because, you know, one thing I don't like doing is going to a uh, dealership for service. They, they get you. Not at Orsman, but I, all these I other dealerships. I just don't like to go, you know. So I wanted to make sure it was something that I could do myself, and that was, it was. So Well, I also think taking your car is like going to the dentist. You go in there for one thing, and they got eight other things that need to be checked and fixed and worked on. Like, no matter what, dude. And... I don't know, Brian. Your car is completely brand new. How many miles are on that thing? Seven. Do electric cars even keep track well, they of keep miles? Keep track of miles. But is it like hours? Not seven. Like boats, they keep track of hours. Boat. Yeah, I had a hundred hours on a boat that I had for five years. Is that a lot or a little? That's a little. Okay. That's like damn near brand new. Um, I sold it for more than I paid for it. How much? How many miles were on your truck? Your new truck when you got it? It was nine twelve because Billy had been driving it. Okay. Um. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, Jeff must have got here 40 seconds ago. About that. 42. He was that's here not, when the show started. That's not true. So I've was been I. Here, <laughs> I've been here since 9 o'clock. I have a hard time. Where, I've where been here you? since 940. I was I was right here in this room where the little couch is watching TV. Looked like suddenly you were asleep. Maybe you were sleeping. <laughs> I, I wasn't asleep. I was just laying down. Okay, well. I'm going to take the over on minutes slept. <laughs> if you're setting it at .5, did you... Last night, the Monday after the Super Bowl is probably the the least going on night of That's the year. That's a rough ass day. What did, did did you go out or something last night, Jeff? Hey, studio calls, man. Got to make that money. You, you sound like it, buddy. I hope you're rich as hell. Um, <laughs> how how was the ride in? I I want to give credit. The ride I, wasn't bad, dude. It really wasn't. You know, and then hell, they canceled uh, Loudoun County schools last night. Last night. It was about five, five thirty, six o'clock. Did they cancel or just do a delay? No, no, cancel. Oh, I didn't because know that. I told you, whatever we get around, like my my area, Loudon, they have to worry about those people way out, out like towards, out towards uh, West Virginia. Yeah, and yeah. and they, when they get snow, they get snow. Well, Landfill, of course, we have to worry about what happens in West Virginia because it's the DMWV. No. Yes, that's no. correct. I we, mean, we don't play that. Um, Homie, don't play that. 
So for us, I want to give Cameron a credit. I was at NBC4 all afternoon yesterday, and Doug was saying, listen, this is not a snow event. We don't have to worry about accumulation. There will be no – you won't have to shovel anything. But in the morning, when kids are going to school, it's going to be dumping snow, even in the city. And I don't do this very often. Jeff, you ready for this? Montgomery County, Fairfax, like the, the closer-in areas, gave all the kids a two-hour delay. I think it was the right call. So everybody that listens when I chastise and criticize and perhaps scream when they give kids off for rain, it was dumping snow, dude. And if you got a little kid waiting at a bus stop or something, I don't think that would have been the right decision. Mm-hmm. Two-hour delay was right. I now, just say whenever they make a decision, you better go along with what they're doing. You can. Not me, sir. You need to, sir. Nah. As soon as there's something happening, you're not doing it, and then something happened uh, wrong, you're going to be losing your mind. You Gr- know it. Greg sent me a picture out in front Royal. Well, Greg lives Greg lives in, like, uh, China somewhere, I mean, in the Coco areas. Greg way out there. <laughs> he got, like, you, six you inches think, of snow. You think going to my house is far? You got to go past my house to go to Greg's house. I don't think going to your house is far. Well, a lot of people going do. to Greg's house is far. But he lives like, in like Front Royal. All my boys in, in Maryland, oh man, way out there. I say, well, hold on, dude. I always come way out there to your damn house. What's different? Your house is centrally located. Centrally to what? Richmond. I'm not close Beam to those house damn is only not far when there is no traffic. Meaning sixty-six, dude. It's always traffic, so it's right. always far. B's house isn't far. But it's on the edge of close. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it doesn't qualify well, once as you get far. there, you're cool. You know what I'm saying? I take care of you. Certainly. I think, Landfill, when are you going to have us all over to your house to determine close or far? Uh, next week. You didn't get the invitation? Clearly not. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, um, Jeff and Pimich already RSVP'd. Whose house would you rather go to be, Jeff's or Landfill's? WF 2.0. I don't know that I can attend. Jeff's house has solar panels on it. Is wow. that true? Really? How do you notice? I've been. <laughs> oh, yeah. A landfill been over my house before. I forgot. When, when? when Greg drove? Yeah, when we went for the game. Oh, and you had to ride with Greg and he picked Jeff up? Jeff, you have solar panels? You're very, yeah. <laughs> very green energy conscious? <laughs> no, when he moved in, they were already there. Jeff is definitely yeah, in the green. I was about to say, they were already there, but it definitely helped my energy bill. Wow. I never would have guessed you had solar panels, Jeff. I'm proud of you, man. Um, all right. So there's a real, there's a reality that is setting in today. I was but talking. Ball is not here? Uh, yeah, dude. Seven months. I just heard Andy Reid just explain a play, and it, and it excited me. Did sure. you hear that play he explained, he explained to uh, Peter? Yeah. You have any words I mean, in that one damn that. play? Yeah. <laughs> we should play that. But I think, dude, I mean, we were talking about this, uh, Landini and I, this morning. Okay, football's over, over, right? And there's plenty for us to to discuss. Hey, man, the UFL is coming soon. You can have it. But we got. You'll be watching it just like me. I know. But, uh. The combine is in three weeks. Like, I have to book my flight to so Indy. Football is not gone. Sure. Because you about to start working. I know. Free agency is almost, what day is it? The 14th? Tuesday. Today? The 13th. Yeah. Tomorrow is uh, Valentine's Day. Dog. Don't forget that. You, my, live, you got three ladies in your house. My wife says we're not doing anything. Should I believe her? <laughs> she mean, In other words, she's no. not doing anything for you. 
So you better make sure you do something. Right. Women always, I don't know why women play that old damn game. I don't want anything that you don't buy something then they mad at you the rest of your damn life. Landfill, do you have any uh, suggestions, any Valentine's Day ideas for my wife? Write a, write a note. Write her a note? Yeah, you gave her something. Like a, it's better than nothing. A love note. Tell, come from the depths of your heart. It's, I'm not really a depths of my heart kind of guy. JP, you are the most, oh, man. I like I'm writing. I'm this, I'm that, I got to get home. You are the person that does everything. So you need to make sure you speak that sometimes. Mm. Put it on. Put it in writing. Get thinking, it laminated. Put some little rated hearts and stuff on it. I was thinking like socks. You can get a more chapstick like I, you did I for Christmas. I wish you would buy somebody some damn socks. Uh, maybe Jimmy. I bring all that stuff that I saved for you that you say is for Lauren. That, that yeah, it's, it's for Lauren. <laughs> um, we don't have a bathtub. No, we, we don't take baths. I don't know what to tell you, Jeff. You have any ideas? Say, they just say you you do showers because like we don't take baths. People will be like, okay. I don't <laughs> think. Well, I bet. I bet the shower to bath population is eighty five percent shower. I'm gonna tell you, well, all bath. you people that just like to do a little quick shower and yours quicker than others. Go sit down in some warm water someday to relax. It'll change your damn world. Eight, maybe 90-10 showers to baths. I doubt that, seriously. I I, I don't. Um, women like to sit in the bath and do all or whatever. So it's a lot of lot more women in the world probably than us. I Just playing the numbers, I imagine it's about 50-50 men to women in the world. I doubt that. Men do a lot of stupid stuff. Doesn't it have to be? Like, no, it don't have to be to work. Fool? No, I, I, I'm asking you. You no, Hold no. On. Global population. Are we allowed to say by gender? I don't know, but let's find out. <laughs> All right. According to what makes you think it has to be fifty fifty to work? Like that? I mean, that's how procreation works and civilization. Dude, stop that right now. You you better start acting like you forty some years old instead of just okay. Damn, but can I tell you the facts that I just found? Say? According to Statistics Times from last year, there are 4.04 billion males in the world, representing 50.25% of the world population. Don't believe it. And 4 billion women, representing 49.75% of the world population. And then you think that just because it's like that, you're going to have one woman with that one man down the line? I just think roughly men to women is going to be 50-50. I don't believe it. Doesn't that... Like, isn't that a pretty basic okay, concept? You have, you have three kids. You have two kids, two girls. I have four, three girls. It's going to happen a lot. <laughs> right, but there are people that have three boys and four boys. Yeah, they may. But Greg saying, has two boys. It doesn't automatically Ahmed has a boy and a girl. <laughs> Can you guys help me here, please? I, JP could not be more possibly correct on this. What, he's a thousand percent right. Just naturally, you think that's how it's going to go? Yeah. Yeah. I don't buy it like that. I mean, maybe it's like 51-49, but I bet it's pretty damn uh, even. It, but it, it has nothing to do with just because of procreation. I, I think it's a coin flip. Like, heads and tails, men and women. Like, some of these things Damn. are roughly 50-50. All right. I hear you. I, this is a wacky one. I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. Um, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe it's a little more like fifty two forty eight, but everything I'm seeing is, is is pretty evenly split. But a lot of those men that you're talking about, why why are all these women say there ain't no good men in the world? Then? Oh, good men. I, I think that's a whole <laughs> different. That's a whole different category. Yeah, but I'm just saying, it's just hey, whatever. Guess what happens one month from today? What? 
new league year. Yeah. Free agency. Mm-hmm. And that means in, I don't know, February is weird. In roughly 28 days, the tampering period opens. That's the good news. So as you much mean as the legal tampering period. The legal tampering. tampering period. The, uh, other period already opened. As much as we don't we miss football already. Like football's gonna be back. Like free agency's gonna dominate. Don't we- miss it, because I don't think it ever leaves, to be honest with you. I, I I used to think football left. It doesn't leave. They made a point of that. I mean and and listen, when you have a show that basically talks 90, 90 plus percent football and we discuss it. All year. Yeah. And the people want to hear it, and you have many topics to discuss it. It's not going anywhere, bro. I agree with that. The uh, interesting thing for me is the commanders, if you go to overthecap.com, which is widely regarded as, like, the website to look at uh, salary cap space. Like, mm-hmm. dudes in front in NFL front offices go to overthecap. The commanders today – are the are the team with the most cap space in the league? Mm-hmm. Um, they have about seventy four million in cap space. There's a difference in effective cap space. Um, effective cap space plans on signing your rookie class, um, which these teams are going to do. So that's about sixty three million dollars in cap space. Um, what do you expect early on in free agency? Offensive linemen, linebackers. You think they'll be aggressive, though? I think the FC is going to be aggressive. I don't think we're playing uh, the bargain shopping game anymore. I believe we're trying to put together a team that's going to compete and be willing to uh, play. Uh, we have someone that knows how to get it done, not someone that's trying to get it done. You know, we, we have gone out there and signed free agents at low, low cost. And then when they get in and they can't play, we have people that have the nerve to be upset. We're, I think they're going out. When you look at how 49ers are set up, you can start thinking this team is going to be set very similar to it. So with that in mind, Adam Peters came out and said, we're not going to be these this big spending freewheeling team. We want to build through the draft and then supplement in free agency. The, the one thing I think they should do, maybe not one thing, but – Damn near top of the list. I think they should be aggressive at signing a veteran linebacker. Somebody to kind of reset this defense, to quarterback this defense. And I think I would almost expect that. If you look at. Do you think they're going to draft the quarterback first? Yeah. When I, I would guarantee you Adam Peters is going to try to protect that quarterback. Sure. He's not going to go put that. He's not going to take his Ferrari and throw an amateur behind it. Are you talking specifically left tackle? I'm saying, that gets expensive. I'm saying you're gonna get somebody, but the whole thing about it is you can you can ha- you have different levels of it. Okay, you got from one to ten. We're not gonna sign a ten. I think we'll go anywhere from one to three or four, but we're not gonna sign a ten. Hell, we will go on one to ten. We were signing fourteens and fifteens to come in here and take care of those jobs, and then wonder why they couldn't handle it. You know what's wild? Um, there are some some big-name left tackles that are going to be available in free agency, and some of those might kind of emerge over the next couple weeks here Mm -hmm. as we get closer to the league year. Um, Tyron Smith from the Cowboys has obviously been a star 
but he's dealt with a ton of injuries. A lot of injuries. Um, Andrews Pete with the Saints has played relatively well at times, but one, two, three, four, five, six. You know who is the sixth ranked free agent left tackle available coming up Ooh. this year? Cornelius Lucas. So I, I'm just saying what good teams do, especially with young, relatively healthy guys, mm-hmm. they don't let young, relatively healthy, good left tackles get leave. to free agency. They don't let them leave. That You get those deals done in advance. Tyron Smith's only going to be a free agent, and that's if he becomes a free agent because he's 34 and only played 60% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm with you that I can see them spending some money in free agency on the O-line. I also see them drafting O-linemen. Um, I can see that. But the thing about it is you're going to draft. If you're going, so maybe that would be a second round, you think? They they have, I mean, two picks before 40. As I'm saying, so you, if you want to get a good one, you're going to have to possibly use those picks to go up and get somebody. Or, or will there be somebody sitting there? Because if you're going to draft them late, you can't assume that the guy drafted late going to just come in and be good. Right. Every once in a while, it does happen. But the difference now is we have a coaching staff, Ken Norton Jr. <laughs> Me and him used to battle. I bet. So Ken is another one, just like Quinn has known. They know how to go out there and make sure they can take a guy from beginner to a player. Okay, so we wasn't getting that before. So let let's look. I guess we got a break. We got Jonesy coming up, correct? Yeah. Mike Jones from the Athletic joins us next. I want to look at the O line because if you look at where the money is, where the guarantees are, I think some of these dudes might be back more than people are expecting. I'll explain that. Mike Jones joins us next. Fifty. B. Mitch and Finley, one oh six seven. The fan. B. Mitch and Finley brought to you by Rude HVAC Equipment. Head over to Rude.com to find a contractor near you and any available tax credits or rebates. Right now, joining us on the BetQL guest line is our friend, Mr. Mike Jones. Who? Jonesy, what up, man? How you doing? How we doing, guys? Good, uh, brother. How was Vegas, dude? I mean, it was busy and crazy. And, you know, everybody always asks me that. When you're there at Super Bowl, like, working it, there's not a whole lot of time for pleasure. But, you know, hey, that's – uh. And if you try to do it – you're going to be tired as hell. Yeah. When did you yeah. get home? Yesterday? Like I got home last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a messed up with my booking. I had a layover in Dallas. And, oh. and I was delayed and everything. I think I got back home like around 11 last night. So, yeah, it was a long travel day. Mike, it wore me out so much. I was supposed to leave on Saturday. I said, hell with it. I got on the flight on Red Eye on Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get out of there. Because if you don't get out, you're going to have to be in the stuff. Yeah. I was very, exactly. I left Thursday and I was cool with it. Um, I feel like I saw you just, every time I saw you, you were hustling. You were hustling. I, was I think grinding. I saw you at the Niners Avail one day and then I saw you at Radio Row one day, just like moving. Yeah, man. You're just trying to fill that notebook and a lot of stories to tell, a lot of insight to gather. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's the, the biggest week of the year, and it all builds up, and, you know, it's hard to believe it. You know, the season is done now. We always have comparisons, coaches, quarterbacks, things of that nature. Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, when you start looking at them, the things they're doing right now, where you start to put them 
when you look at a quarterback and a coach going out and doing their thing? I mean, I think that you have to put them up there as maybe we'll see what happens, but they have a chance to be the greatest quarterback-coach duo. Uh, Obviously, Brady and Belichick are at the top right now, but they definitely are on the pace. Uh, Just the understanding that they have with each other, the trust that they have, the um, creativity you see out of Andy Reid, the way he puts the ball in Pat Mahomes' hands and the way Mahomes can make something happen out of nothing. I mean, you never had a feeling during that game that they were panicked. And, you know, they were behind, but it was like they were just kind of chipping, chipping, chipping away. And you knew at some point there was going to be a breakthrough. And then, sure enough, down the stretch, look, both defenses played fantastic. But you could tell, definitely looking at the 49ers, um, they really started wearing down. The Chiefs defense looked like they were kind of fatigued as well. And all of a sudden, the offenses started throwing some haymakers. I thought we saw adjustments out of Andy Reid in the second half where he started moving Kelsey away from Fred Warner more and losing Greenlaw hurt them, the 49ers definitely, but they definitely kept moving Kelsey away from Warner. So that way he could start getting some openings. Uh, But just the way that Mahomes and Reed understand each other and work together. I think that when it's all said and done, because Andy Reid said he has no plans to retire. <laughs> when this thing is all said and done, who knows how many Super Bowls they're going to have, and they might be the, the best duo of all time. Yeah, man. I, it's hard to say that knowing what Brady and Belichick accomplished, but, at, I mean, Pat's only 28, and Andy, for all it's, – it's remarkable how we always talk about, oh, you got to find this young – up and coming OC hmm. and you know, people are like, Oh, Shanahan McVay. That's what you want. <laughs> Nobody wants a retread. If you just boil it all down, Andy <laughs> Reed's technically a retread and he's not young. And, <laughs> and, and he's building he, all of them. Up right. There. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. Um, and the thing is, this is also, look, Andy Reed was a very good coach with the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. The knock was that he couldn't win the big one, but you learn from your first stop and if you're a good coach and you apply it. So sometimes a retread can be okay. I just don't like when teams hire a mediocre retread sure. and expect they're going to be all right. Andy Reid was a very successful coach with Philadelphia. So that was not like just picking up some, you know, average dude. It was a very good coach. And then he has continued to get better and better. Um, and we've seen that. And also look, it also goes to show you that different coaching styles are different and it, there's no one right coaching style because Belichick and Brady, yes, Belichick really helped develop Brady as a competitor, but they really kind of, you know, there was no love. I mean, there was some love there, but it was a little bit, you know, right. adversarial at times. Mm-hmm. There is nothing but love between Reed and Mahomes. And so it was kind of like a tough love try to push you to be great. Uh, and, and tick you off here and there, motivate you type of thing from Belichick. But with uh, Holmes and Reed, it is, like I said, it's a, a, they love each other, they respect each other, they value each other, and, you know, and that's working for them. So it's fascinating just to see different styles uh, in the way that things play out. But, yeah, Andy Reed, just a, an absolute genius when it comes to developing. And I thought you also saw, look, it comes down to attention to detail. And when you just hear the 49er players and then you hear the Chiefs players, how the 49er players didn't know the rules of overtime, and the Chiefs guys said, oh, yeah, we started talking about that back in training camp and repped it every week. 
you know, the last two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. And just that's Andy Reid. Right. When you, and, right. You know? When you deal with Andy Reid, you have Corn Dog and Tom and Jerry in the same play. Right. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, it's make, he makes the game fun. Uh, but they also know that it's time for business at the same time. Oh, yeah. Totally. Talking with our friend Mike Jones here from The Athletic. You can follow him at By Mike Jones. Um, talking about Andy Reid there, I mean, everything you're saying is totally correct, right? And, yep. and, and how he's established himself as a guy that players love playing for and he can deal with the – he can deal with the personalities of Travis Kelsey and everything going on with Taylor Swift and Mahomes and all that because he lets guys be themselves and, and just wants to win games, right? I think it's so smart. Um, I think players also love Kyle Shanahan, but yeah. it's it's getting harder and harder to, to not look at this 0-2 as a head coach in the Super Bowl, if you want to include Atlanta or not, whatever. Um, how does he recover from this? Well, I mean, the only thing you can do is just to keep on chopping wood, trying to find ways to get better. Um, I thought, look, Kyle called a really good game. He was very disciplined. There are lots of times where we see Kyle um, not lean as heavily on the run as he should. Uh, He will try to get the pass game going and then start leaning into the run. This was clear from the start that they wanted to run the ball, establish Christian McCaffrey. I think he had four touches in the first five plays. Look, if he doesn't fumble deep in the Chiefs' territory right there, what happens? If they don't have a blocked uh, extra point, uh, what happens? So, you know, looking at that, it wasn't all Kyle Shanahan's fault. There was, they had the opportunity to make some plays um, that, you know, and then they didn't have to fumble uh, on the, the punt return uh, that, that gave the Chiefs the ball. So there were plenty of opportunities. You can't blame this loss on Kyle Shanahan. Yes, his decision in overtime uh, was a little bit of a head-scratcher, but I thought he wanted to try to jump on them, score, uh, and not have as much pressure on Brock Purdy, like, oh, my gosh, Patrick Mahomes just scored a touchdown. I've got to score one. I thought that was kind of the reason why he did that. He said they wanted the ball third if it ended in sudden death. But, look. I think again, he, needs to stop. he needs to stop saying with how many things. Cause he's changed his opinion two or three times now. Right, but the you, thing you, is, you but, made that decision. You didn't right. get a touchdown. He thought they were going, like you said, he thought they were going to go down and get a touchdown. They did, right. and yeah. you forgot that that dude on the other side is a damn magician. Well, yeah. and that they could yeah. go for two. Yeah, I don't right. know that they would have, but like th- their ability to go for two there kind of it, it kind of negates the oh well we want a possession third. But Mike, the only the only time, and we went through kind of the playlist yesterday. The only time I thought Kyle got away from the run was. The first three possessions of the third quarter were three straight three and outs with one carry, one handoff to right. McCaffrey in that in that three possession. Right, right, yeah, and, you know, and that was I, I agree with you uh, because he did a really good job of it, but then they got back to it. I, I guess you know you come out in the second half and you say, okay, let's come at this a little differently because they're probably making some adjustments to the run game. So he made a mistake right there. But again, look, take away the fumble, take away the 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 botch, uh, the muff punt take away the black extra point, they very well could have won that game there. Uh, and then we're not even talking about, hey, did he do the right thing, taking the ball? Sure. The yeah, I remember that. The, uh, I think the, that Chief, the Chiefs fumbled the ball down. in the uh, red zone as well. That blocked extra right. point was massive. The difference between right. a four-point lead and a three-point lead is massive. And right. honest, that seemed like it was just on the kid. Like, that ball just came out too low. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and there also was one time 
that he took a field goal that I thought maybe they should have put on fourth down. Um, you know, but you know, hey, and all he has to do is just to keep on working. They've got, you know, some decisions to make about salary caps and things like that, but he's just got to try to continue to get better. Um, you know, just like we said, Andy Reid, the knock was he couldn't win the big game, and now look at them. Kyle Shanahan's still an excellent coach. I think many, many teams out there would like to have him as their head coach, um, and, you know, we'll see where they continue to grow from here. Um, last one, Mikey. You uh, you mentioned something about Andy Reid getting hired by the Chiefs when he did. Uh, you're totally right that that was not a retread that's been average. When when Andy Reid was in Philly, he was 130-93-1, had been in 19 playoff games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help but hear that and wonder what your thoughts are on the commanders landing Dan Quinn to be the new boss. I mean, look, time will tell. I, I Everybody that I, I was uninspired when, when, you know, I heard that was the guy they selected. I would have hired Raheem Morris because I think that he is a guy who really can connect with players and motivate, and he's the most well-rounded. He's coaching on the defense side of the ball, the offense side of the ball, uh, but that's not where they wanted to go. Um, and so then it looked like it was going to be Ben Johnson, and we saw how that fell apart. But everybody, when I sent out text blasts to coaches, uh, uh, guys working in front offices, hey, what did you think about this hire? Nobody had a single bad thing to say about Dan Quinn. They said he's going to have his guys prepared and he's going to have them motivated. Yes, he botched it in the Super Bowl. I know, you know, Kyle Shanahan was the offense coordinator, but Dan Quinn's the head coach, and you could say, hey, man, we got to do this. So he botched that. But again, look, Bill Belichick lost in his first go round as a head coach. Don Shula did it as well. Maybe. Dan Quinn can learn and and be successful here as well. Again, we don't know. It wasn't the most you know exciting pick because and and he's not the only team that I wasn't just referring to them as far as like hiring mediocre retread guys. That happens a lot in the NFL. For but sure. We'll wait and see. Um, I, I people were also wondering is this you know Ron Rivera you know part two? Everybody I talked to said no. Totally different guy totally different methods of the way he runs his organization. We look at the way he's loading up his coaching staff. Looks like there's going to be a lot of sharp minds, a lot of teachers, a lot of motivators. So, you know, they've got a lot of work to do personnel-wise, but I think it's a smart coaching staff that he's putting together. Mike, thank you, buddy. Anything you want people to make sure they're checking out? Um, shoot, I'm trying to remember what stories they even wrote. All <laughs> Go to the athletic. All our NFL coverage over there is great. Really great team. <laughs> Get there some rest, bro. Out there, you know, and the twelve people reporters out there. There's just a ton of great Super Bowl coverage out there. Appreciate you, brother. I'm a subscriber. Others should be as well. Thank you, Mike. So am I. Thanks, guys. All All right. brother. That's our guy, Mike Jones. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Barcel Nate joins us at 11. Don't worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Go anywhere. Landfill. Uh, Mike Jones asked about Dan Quinn there. Said, you know, it's not that exciting. I get he is a retread. But maybe this will just go different. And he likes the staff he's put together. And, you know, sometimes the unexciting is the way to go, right? Do you buy it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think the fact that the guy, you know, didn't work out in Atlanta means he can't be successful here. They did get to a Super Bowl, too. It's not like the guy had no success there. That's the thing about it. This man went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, he did have a winning record, albeit very closely to being 500. We've been happy about other coaches. But he has a reputation of developing talent. He has a reputation of finding a guy with special talents and utilizing it instead of making him play away from it and opposite of it. That excites me. I've I've seen us get to a point, point of drafting a guy that can do something and, and have him do something else. And then they have the nerve to be mad at him when he doesn't play it well. Landville, do you think it helps or hurts Dan Quinn that we have the same birthday, he and I? That's the problem. For in my book, that's that's a mark well, you know, against him. It says so. You know, like a guy, like you said, fifty percent men, fifty percent women. When a when a date has, when have, people have a date, a birthday in common, normally it's one person is horrible, the other person is good. You're on the horrible side. He's on the good side. Why am I on the horrible side? Because do? you don't normally do the things. In the order you're supposed to be doing them. You normally know, do it half-assed, then you come back and destroy it. Uh, um, <laughs> Lanfield, am I right? <laughs> I, you kind of lost me there. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, Zay Flowers also has the same birthday. See? See? Sean Dion Hamilton, who was once a Redskins linebacker, who's on somebody's staff now. Where is where is SDH? I think he's coaching somewhere. Um Look that up for me, Jeff, please. He might be coaching with the Lions. Um, who else was born on my birthday? This is kind of interesting. Someone named Ross Petty was a guard. He was born in 1892. Um, Rogesterman Ferris? Not a lot of... Oh! Is that the right guy? Boom. Rest my case. You know who was born on the same birthday? Ooh. Ed Reed. That's what I'm saying. It's great. Winners. I want winners. When's your birthday? August something, right? August 18th. All right. Let's see who you got. Because I got Dan Quinn. Ed I got me. I got Dan Quinn, Ed Reed, and Ludacris. <laughs> I got Sean me. Sean Hamilton is a linebacker's coach with the Lions right now. That's what I thought. Thank you, Jeff. Um, Tom Landry was born on your birthday, JP. That's right. And Luda. Uh, all right, B. You've got... Yo, you know what B-Mitch is going to be thrilled about? What? Guess who has the same birthday as you? August 18th, correct? Yeah. Guess. Who? Somebody we talked about just yesterday on this program. Yesterday? Mm -hmm. Used to play quarterback. Somebody we talked about yesterday? Joe Montana? Not Joe Montana, no. This person has 
significantly fewer Super Bowl rings than Joe Montana. Please don't tell me it's your boy off of ESPN. It sure is. Oh my. Let's see. One person good, one person <laughs> awful. Be Mitch, awful one. Be Mitch and Dan Orlovsky <laughs> throwing a huge birthday party at MGM National Harbor. That will summer. not be happening ever. I mean, don't you see a lot of similarities, Landfill, between B and Orlovsky? I see a lot of similarities between you and Orlovsky. Cosmetology. You guys share the same cosmetology. He's a a Leo. It's it's funny now that you know it's not cosmetology, but you didn't know it at first. Um, I'm pretty sure it is cosmetology. I believe it is. No, it's not. Psychology. What's it called? Starts with A. Cosmetology. And that was that's the start with an A. Agriculture. <laughs> um, I got one more for you that Who you else? should know this. I don't go around looking to see what was going on my birthday. But this dude you sat next to for at least a year. And you probably would have been with him during your birthday that year. Probably not. At least during the day. Maybe not by night. This is just weird. Oh, you're talking about Jim Civilian? Uh, no, no, T-Mac, T-Mac. No. Somebody over at Comcast. I'm talking about somebody you played with with the Giants, not somebody you did television with in Bethesda. What makes you think I like my teammates in the Giants? Jeremy Shockey has the same birthday as you. His locker was next to yours. Yeah, but we weren't hanging on my birthday. I'm just saying, you were supposed to help the young man grow. I tried. He wasn't a good listener? He was hanging with Jeter. He had a lot going on in those days. <laughs> Barstool Nate joins us next. All right, you hear that song. You know what time it is. Might get smart. We might get dumb, but we're going to have fun. Barstool Nate joins the program like he does every Tuesday. Hello, Nate Dog. How do you do? My friends, good morning from beautiful, snowy. I think there's like a foot of snow outside right now in New York City. Don't go outside, man, because we don't want you to mess up your ankle, your knee, whatever the hell it was again. Yeah, we know you had a serious injury. Very serious. Still not healed, uh, but... You know, getting better day by day. All I can do is rest, rehab, ice it, elevate it, and hope that it, uh, after a year, it gets better. Come on, dude. Uh, let's start with the big game over the weekend. You had a blog that I definitely want to get to. I'm actually going to write myself a note so I don't forget. Um, but what'd you make of the Super Bowl, dude? Uh, Mahomes, Reed just keep on winning. Kyle just keeps on losing. Um, what'd you make of it? Yeah, I, it was a. Obviously, as we know by now, a great game, uh, amazing ending. Patrick Mahomes is just one of a kind. I, we've never seen anything like him in terms of just how he's able. It, it I, We have seen something like him. It's it's Brady 2.0, Brady to Gronk. Just every time they got the ball back with you know two minutes left on the clock, you knew they were going to score. Mm. It was the exact same thing. We we knew it was going to happen. We couldn't believe it was happening. I think I said out loud, is this really happening? No fewer than 50 times. Uh, yeah, Mahomes is just an incredible quarterback. He takes up the biggest cap hit of any player in the league, which I think is eye-opening. And we should really stop and think that if you get a quarterback, you really, really, really need to pay for a quarterback. It's important, and it wins you Super Bowls. Um uh, it was great to be able to bet Mahomes at plus money, which mm. I did, and so that felt good. And overall, I think it's one of the more memorable Super Bowls of the last 20 years. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the second half especially, and then obviously over time. Yeah, 123.4 million people watched it. It's a lot of people. A lot of people watched uh, Patrick Mahomes just 
absolutely do Patrick Mahomes things. It, I, I'm so glad that he pulled it off, too, because it just continues the narrative and the storylines and the GOAT conversation. It's always fun when things come together like that. What uh, What do you make of the decision to to take the ball in OT? Yeah, we know a lot more now in retrospect, don't we? Um, it, at, in the moment, in the time, I think a lot of us were sitting there wondering, what the correct decision was, you know, what's optimal, what's game theory optimal, what's this and that, what the clock was doing running. I, a lot of us were confused. A lot of us people who watch football every single day for 365 days a year were confused. Um, it, it's not great when the coaches down on the field in the Super Bowl are confused, though. That's the little difference. It's okay if, you know, I'm at home eating my third piece of cheesecake and I'm confused about the clock. Kyle Shanahan maybe shouldn't have been as confused as I was. So. Um, they made the wrong call, as we know now, but... But ask this question, though. He says he gives it to them. They go down and score a touchdown. He comes back, and his offense has a fumble or turnover, or they get they can only get... They can't get past the 50, and they lose the game. Will we be now saying, why didn't they take it before? Yeah, well, I think there's just always, like... In, in hindsight, there's always going to be a correct decision and incorrect decision, regardless of these sure. scenarios that you didn't dream up. In, now we know that he made the wrong decision, and it'll be kind of like a catalyst for every single you know playoff overtime game moving forward. We know the right decision now. It's just unfortunate that the Chiefs were practicing this scenario way back in training camp, and the Niners didn't know about it in the biggest game of their careers. It, it, the it's first thing he said was that he – he and his analytics staff had discussed the possibility. So he and his analytics staff came with a game plan. So he did exactly what he wanted to do. Now, so I don't the, think he did the wrong thing. I think he did what he was supposed to, what he wanted to do. It just didn't work in his favor. Yeah, the, the opposing viewpoint is if you get the ball second, you now you kind of get a free down with that fourth down if you need to get a first down or a touchdown or whatever. So you know if you need the field goal or to go for it on yeah. fourth down. So I there is that viewpoint of it. There's also the flaw um, in the logic that so they got the ball first and they won it third. What if KC just goes for two and then you don't get it third? Yeah. Now that's the other wrinkle is do they go for two? And we'll never know the answer to that. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, I in the Super Bowl I would say probably not, but crazier things have happened it, there's a lot of there's i think it's one of the more fascinating scenarios we've seen like live in front of our eyes because we haven't seen it before you, you know like we know the way football works you can almost like formulaically like lay out how a football game goes this was brand new and it was right in our faces on super bowl sunday mm -hmm. I, it's pretty exciting unfortunately for kyle shanahan my man has now blown not one not two but three double digit super bowl leads that is in Insane yeah. that oh, no. have that on is, your resume. Is three? Now, I, I do think, yes, they were up 10 nothing, but it was the second quarter. You know what I mean? Like In this game you're talking about. Yeah, they were up but, 10 nothing, but it was the second quarter. He's been involved with three uh, blown leads. Yeah. I'm going to have to stop blaming anybody else and just say he's a common denominator. But they did come back in the fourth quarter to retake the lead. Mm -hmm. Still lost. If the Still kid lost. doesn't miss the extra point, I wonder how that goes. I, Yeah, dude... I, it's getting harder and harder for it to to look past, right? Like the Atlanta one, you're like, well, he's not the head coach. Defense okay. could have gotten a stop, whatever. Um, I I don't know, man. It, it's 
you can't you can't outrun the storm, and and that thing's not going away until he wins the Super Bowl. Totally. And, and winning Super Bowls gets harder and harder to do. I'll say this: you got to look at yeah, you, you have Brock Purdy who you know exceeded all expectations, and you know he's the golden boy, Mister Irrelevant, this and that. You, what do you do when you go up against Patrick Mahomes? It's like you think you have a guy, and then you see Patrick Mahomes, you're like, I don't even know what I have anymore. It, it's the way every team in the NFL is feeling this morning, where, you, you know, you're the Miami Dolphins. You're like, we have Tua, but we don't have a Patrick Mahomes. You know, uh, it's Justin Herbert. You know, he's a, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but is he a Patrick Mahomes? It's re- it must be really confusing to be an NFL GM right now and wonder, like, I thought I had a quarterback, but maybe I have nothing. I, and I wouldn't know how to – operate if I'm one of those two, a Justin Herbert. I, I don't want to say Joe Burrow because he's gotten so unlucky with injuries, but I mean, what what are these quarterbacks if not mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes? It's, it's really, really, really tough. Dude, he's he's lost twice in the playoffs and once to Burrow, once to Brady, and has beaten everybody else. And now Crazy. we're six years into this. This isn't like a two-year sample size. He's been in four Bowls. I mean, he has no wide receivers. He, his, his tight end is aging rapidly. And he's still out there just doing it. There's not enough good things can be said about what Patrick Mahomes just did. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, we're talking with our friend Barstool Nate here on the BetQL guest line. All right, let's switch it to the home front here. Um, you had a, a spirited blog yesterday for Barstool Sports that I would say, I, I think you're pretty accurate. I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I'll let you make your case as Washington has hired Cliff Kingsbury, who spent the last year at Southern Cal with Caleb Williams, and there's some talk, and there's also some talk that totally dismisses it, but there is some talk that maybe Washington considers moving up to number one to guarantee that they can draft Caleb Williams, your reaction. Yeah, so my blog is titled, In No World Should the Commanders Give Up a Historic Haul, which is what Ian Rappaport said it would take, to the Bears for the number one overall pick. And it's pretty simple, and I know you said you agree with it. It's because the NFL draft is still such a crapshoot and a coin flip that you would have to be so extremely positive that Kayla Williams is, you know, day and night better than a Drake May to give up a historic call to move up one spot for him. And you only have to go back to last year, last NFL draft, with the Panthers uh, taking Bryce Young number one and then Stroud going number two, where – these people, these scouts and analytic people and player personnel people spend all year breaking down tape and film and they do all the interviews with the guys and they have them break down tape and you can still get it wrong that easily. And I'm not saying Bryce Young can't be good. It's just we saw what C.J. Stroud is and if they could do it again, the Panthers would swap it, obviously. So it's just how positive can you really be that Caleb Williams is the next guy you and you know what I'm saying this right now he very well could be but there's no way of knowing and where this team's at now I don't think we can give up a historic haul for a crapshoot for a flip of a coin for a guy that cries in the stands after losing a game it's just such a weird like I, I just I don't see why we would do it and I know the Bears are probably leaking a bunch of stuff and saying you know they're trying to hype Caleb up a ton to see how big of a package they can get in return from maybe a team like the Broncos or the Jets or 
uh, there's so many teams that need a quarterback. Um, name another one for me. Um, <laughs> Vikings, maybe. I mean, there's the Vikings, ah, yeah. who I couldn't land on. Yeah, so I I don't think we will do it. Um, the Patriots also could move up. The Titans could move up. The Giants need a quarterback. There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback out there. Um, it, it just can't be us. We can't be giving up, you know, three future first round picks for a guy who might or might not be the guy when there are there's Drake May and Jaden Daniels sitting there. You just can't do it. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I, I just felt – we said this the whole time, Jay. If you're moving up one spot, it makes no sense to give up that much, especially when you have two other guys right there. You know, and I, I think you have to think about it. I, I read a story coming in that the Bears are thinking about trading fields and keeping yep. the pick. If yeah, they can't get – if they can't get a ridiculous haul. So they have to be careful as well because, remember, they missed Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean, let's look at the 2017 NFL draft. The team named the Chicago Bears traded up to the number two pick to take Mitchell Trubisky. And who was sitting there at number 10? Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> it, it's just a lot of things like that can happen. And, you know, we saw 2012, we gave up the farm to get a young man named Robert Griffin the third and it worked out for about six months. I I'm weary and, and I'm not sold on, on Caleb either. I I think he has a lot of question marks and I I mean he has all the physical skills in the world and he has the arm strength and we've seen him make ridiculous throws. But even if his college coach is coaching him in the NFL, you never know how a player adapts to the NFL grind and schedule and just the game speed, everything about it. We've seen it so many times, and I can't stress that enough. He could have all the talent, so to speak, in the world. Some guys just don't translate, and you never know until they're in the league. It's impossible to know. We see it every year, and every year people yell nonstop in this pre-draft time about why their guy is the guy, but at the end of the day, none of us have a clue. Even the smartest, best guys at breaking down film, they still don't know how a guy will actually adapt to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, that's a fact right there, but I think, what do you do then? You, you, you got you to get somebody. You got to make a move. You got to make a you decision. Roll, yeah, yeah. You take your guy at number two, and you don't give up three future first for number one. That's what you do. I think, so, I think there's some, like, relatively dumb stuff going on um, specific to Caleb. Listen, clearly the kid's different. He paints his fingernails and wore a dress in GQ. Like, I I recognize that. I also don't care because I think one realization I've had, I'm a 42-year-old white dude that lives in the suburbs. Like, I'm just not going to comprehend some of the decisions that get made with fashion and all this stuff. And I've learned that being in NFL locker rooms for a decade and then just, like, seeing – Things unfold around the country, right? Like, there, there is something you have to take. Like, I remember I took a class on bias when I was in J school. Like, you have to understand your your mental bias and then remove it when you look at how other people live and act. Like, that dude probably thinks me wanting to play golf all the time is lame. Like, there's lots of things. What I care about Caleb Williams is the player, uh, the worker, all of those things. From everything I hear, he works his ass off. That matters. From a play, from a player standpoint, I think he's excellent, excellent. I do think you got to wonder. I think I think this year it, it got a little out of. I don't want to say out of control, but he 
He started to rely on himself far too much rather than trying to make plays within the structure of the offense. He tried to hit home runs all the time. And when you do that, I I think that becomes problematic if you're relying on that all the time. But that doesn't mean he can't get back into understanding a system and trying to make plays from the pocket most of the time and then using his incredible athleticism and arm more often. But I say all that, Nate. I think Caleb is clearly the number one prospect. I don't think there's a lot of competition there. But I'm with you, man, that going up does not make sense here for what it's going to cost you. Now, on the dress and nails thing, and that's obviously going to be a large talking point for the next you know, two months leading up to the draft. It, there there's, should be a stat in Madden called weirdo behavior. And, you know, you can have all the accuracy and all the you know, decision-making and speed and arm strength, but there's a little thing called weirdo behavior, and Caleb has a lot of it. He mm-hmm. does things that just we don't see. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, and as you said, he's allowed to do whatever he wants because we don't – whatever. But you look – around the league and you see what successful people do and what they don't do. And you don't see a lot of that sort of weirdo behavior and a lot of, you know, very successful NFL quarterbacks. And I know he's young and, you know, at 19, 20, 21, I was the most immature person in the world. So there's a lot of other factors, but I think a lot of draft pundits and fans and people on Twitter and NFL, you know, just talking heads are going to really pinpoint weirdo behavior and Caleb in these interviews you know behind closed doors with the teams he could be a totally different way he could be putting on an act he could be himself we don't know but I think a lot of what happens in the next couple months is going to come down to his interviews where maybe a team like the Broncos are really thinking about trading up and mortgaging a lot of the future for this guy they're going to want to make sure that his weirdo behavior is not a 99 they want arm strength 99 they want weirdo behavior around 70. You don't want, you know, a guy walking in in a, in a suit and tie to play a quarterback, you know, all buttoned up and boring. But you don't want a guy who's just going to be sobbing after every loss either. You can't have that. But weirdo behavior is amongst everybody in the league at all positions. Aaron Rodgers is the weirdest any damn body else out there. Yeah. Nobody yeah, cares. Well, <laughs> but but no, nobody cares. The ultimate thing is if Caleb Williams can play football, I don't want anybody in any – uh, football office giving a damn about what us, uh, what we I'll, say. I'll give you an example that hits home. Remember how weird RG3 was? He was always posting on social media, fighting in the comment sections, just you know, just all in for week one, his dad in the locker room. There's just a, a lot. Well, there have been weird people that have uh, been successful as, as well. I could go through stories about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers following him up, and they're both right. great quarterbacks. So, we got to get to the point where our biases don't become uh, what we think is is a real it, fact. It's one, not a fact. A, one thing we haven't even, mentioned I'm, that I'm I do care agreeing. about. Hold on. I, I will say, hold on. I, I do hold agree on. with I'll, what you I'll just I'll put you on hold. Um, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Hold on. One thing we haven't talked about, because in this radio format, we have to take breaks, Nate Dog. But one thing we haven't talked about that I very much care about I'm worried about the DC kid coming back to DC. I, now, I think that, that's a, I'll, that I'll discuss. I think that's a real thing. Do you, is that part of your kind of mental calculations here, Nate? Uh, not particularly. I, I I get it, but I think that's a bigger like, thing like you, than all the other stuff to me because 
That's not just a DC thing. That's around the country thing. It's I kind of lean towards if he can play football, he can play football. It doesn't matter if he's back in DC when it comes to that thing. It's the like, constant I, pool of the people that you're comfortable that you're close yeah, to that and takes that you away from to, it. It all circles back to me to mental makeup, how he performs in interviews, what kind of you know person he really is, you know, behind the closed doors, leadership, all of that. If you can handle yourself with poise and all of that, I don't think it matters if you're from here and you play here. If you're very easily mentally broken, then, yeah, all the pressure coming back home could be too much. And if that's true, you don't want that guy to be your quarterback anyway. So I think it all – I think so much depends on stuff we don't know about him and stuff that we don't see about him. We know he can play football. We don't know any of the – you know mental stuff about him very we we see what we see and we can make our own opinions on it but i i think i think he all of this that i'm saying right now is what i'm most fascinated by and most interested in i i don't think the dc factor matters too too much one thing that's interesting to me uh DraftKings put out their draft odds yesterday um the i'm a t- big fan of DraftKings, by the way I, i'm sure you are um the bears are minus 400 to take caleb williams so overwhelmingly, people think the Bears are going to take him. Um, the Commanders are plus two hundred to take Jaden Daniels, though the Patriots are are the favorite there, even though they draft after Washington. Uh, Nate, I'll let you go on this one. What would you think about Justin Fields? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not, we're not entertaining that. We're not thinking about it. We're not doing that. We're we're going to take our own guy like a Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and develop him in-house with our coordinators, with our new head coach, with the new ownership, with the new stadium, uh, we're not going to go Justin Fields. Not going to do it. Not going to think about it. Not going to entertain it. No, thank you. Not Next question. Just to be clear, that's a no? It's a no. It's okay. a, that's a no for me. Got it. Uh, thank you, buddy. we got to bounce. All right, see you guys. All right, that's our guy, Barstool Nate. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram, at Barstool Nate. Check out his blog. If you think they should trade up for Caleb, Nate has a long, lengthy response why that should not be the case. Giving away Caps tickets at 1145. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel. Every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't hit win on any NBA on TNT games. NBA same-game parlays are a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. Listen, I went on the line and I found one of the ready-made uh, parlays. You got Shea uh, Alexander to get six assists, Chet Holmgren to get six rebounds, Paolo Banchero to score 20 points, and Franz Wagner to hit three three-pointers. That's 2,688 people have already placed it. It's a plus 1,089 Put ten dollars, you can win one hundred and eight dollars, one hundred eight point nine dollars. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com/slash/Brian to bet the NBA with a no sweat same game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com/slash/Brian. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of one hundred six seven The Fan. You have to be twenty one years old or present in Virginia. Minimal three three leg parlay required. Refund issued as a non withdrawable bonus bet which expires seven days after receipt. Max refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. All right, I don't want to mess around here. Landfill, breaking news on the fan. 
Do we need to go to CK or do you want me to just go with it? Just go with it, baby. Uh, we break the rules here. Chris Russell's wearing a scarf. Scarf. Where? Rooster, I've never seen you wear a scarf. Wait, wait, outside today, you think it's that cold? Is this a fashion template? But yeah, I have on a jacket. I mean, first of all, it's, it, it was snowing this morning when I left. But he doesn't have on a jacket. No, I, he's just, I forgot just to take it off. I, I forgot to take it off. I'm it sorry, looks like it? a Lenny Kravitz kind of scarf. It, it was. It's from USAA. I got it at the Army Navy game. I, you know, it keeps my neck warm, and that's it. Lando, I mean, it's not post a, a picture that big of, of a Rooster deal. in his scarf, fashion maven, and let the world decide. <laughs> Can you put your scarf back on for Landville to take a photo, please, Chris? Sure. If it you would, un yo, if it would make you happy, JP, isn't there a rule that you're not allowed to photograph people without their consent? Because Rooster, without my consent, posted a picture of me on the internet yesterday. Well, I didn't see. I didn't tag you on it because thank God. Because I know how you feel about you how tag, I, I you tag probably people, tagged so I purposely Odyssey ignored on you. It. I did not. Or, or just NBC News. I just said. Whoever has the most followers possible. You and Landfill came over to the studio. I was shocked that Landfill made the journey of 150 feet I was over impressed. to the other side. I was impressed he You did sometimes it. do. Um, so I was just saying these two lovely people or whatever I said. And then somebody said, hey, I love when Landfill comes on. Da, 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 da. And I said, don't forget about JP, too. I said I would have tagged him. You can forget about me. That's fine. But. He doesn't like when I tag him. So. Landfill tag him every time. Landfill making an appearance like that is a bigger deal than me. Because you think I, so? I come on your show all the time. Yeah. You uh, you often bump me. You often say, "Ah, we're full today." <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just telling you the well, truth. It's because you want to come on right at two o'clock when my show allegedly starts. There's no alleged about it. Yeah. Um, we're stizzle. How are you, boys? We're good, good brother. We're good. How's your ride in? Uh, it wasn't bad. I uh, had an early doctor's appointment this morning. Uh, you are and, here uh, early as hell. Yeah, it was snowing like a, you know, it was snowing uh, pretty hard road, this though. morning. Huh? What is sticking? No, I mean, it was sticking a little bit. Like, in the uh, grass? Yeah, like in the 8 to 8.30 range, it was coming down pretty That's hard. the time I was coming. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And, the snow impacted my drive here. zero. <laughs> Good catch. Man. Landfill, you trip, dude. <laughs> Damn, Jeff um, hit you with the pause. Yeah, no, but, but now it's fun. Look, like, what the hell? Just... <laughs> now it's fun. There's nothing. I mean, it's not obviously been snowing and doesn't even look like there's anything on the ground anywhere. I just saw here. the sun coming out. Oh, uh, there you go. Legitimately breaking news. I thought news. the sun will come out tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. Legit breaking news. I like news. when you guys sing yeah, on your way back from commercial breaks. It's very entertaining. Um, it's awful, though. Can, can I, I didn't say you? it was good. I said it was entertaining. Good God, Rooster. I'm trying to tell okay, the world breaking sorry. news. Yes, Legit breaking news. Landfill, give me a sound effect. Um, Jeff has made me aware of this. Uh-oh. U.S. men's soccer team playing Columbia, the country, not Maryland, June 8th, FedEx Field, that's the news. We're doomed. We're done. It's over. <laughs> uh, I think that's fun, dude. I'd like to go see the U.S. Yeah. national team. Let's go. Let's, take it. Let's go as our show. I Let think Hoffman was tweeting about talking to whoever the coach is. I forgot who the coach is. Uh, Can the any of us name the coach of the U.S. men's national team? Bruce Arena. Oh, oh that's right. Because Landfill likes soccer <sighs> and I know his name. YouTube, and that's about it. Greg Burhalter. There you go. I think it's Bruce Arena. Not anymore. Alexi Lawless. Nope. Mm. That guy used to play. Wayne Rooney. It's Kobe Jones. Guy. 
No, he used to play too. No, Wayne Rooney. John Hart. He played for a different team. Oh damn. He played for. He used to play too. Is a guy at Landfill say it? Raul Diaz Arce. Mm-mm. He won two MLS Cups with DC United. Okay, so, look, you say so. Pretty impressed, not dude. When DC United first showed up, I was in high school. Nobody really deal. cares because that has nothing to do with the answer we're trying to get. That's correct. What's the fella's name? Greg Burhalter. Serious question: When is the next World Cup, Landini? Uh, twenty twenty six. Where are they headed? Here, here, okay. and Canada and Mexico. Right. Are there any games scheduled here? No, no. I think the nearest one is MetLife Stadium is oh. uh, where the final is. New Jersey, which was an upset over SoFi Stadium and Jerry's World. Yeah, I get that. I think um, Philly. I think there is like some sub regional or you know earlier round games maybe in Philly. Bruce, do you ever play soccer? For one year, it was too much running, and I said, nope, not for me. What was your sport? What sports did you play in high school? Baseball Chris? and hockey. Baseball and hockey? Yeah. No football? You were, uh, you were never I, an O-lineman? I, I was never good enough and and strong enough uh, to play football. I was um, I was a wuss. <laughs> All right. There you have it. Yeah. Um, I was never good enough or strong enough, but I played. Mm. So maybe I wasn't Well, uh, the difference would be is, I, I'm guessing, I didn't know you back in high school, is that you could run? No, I couldn't, and I was a wuss. I yeah. Jay, he right. played guard and tackle. I was still getting beat up at practice. Guard the water and tackle. Anybody got close to it? Um, Chris, you want to know something important? Please. Two very very similar minded people. B. Mitch and Dan Orlovsky have the same birthday. I thought it was B. Mitch and somebody else that was in the locker next to him or Jeremy Shock. Jeremy Shockey. This I heard that on my way. Me. Yeah. Uh, so, so B-Mit, wait, is that today? Is today your birthday? Yeah, oh. happy birthday, Brian. No. Happy birthday, Brian. Letville, play the happy birthday to B-Mitch. The proof is in the damn pudding. Happy uh, birthday, B-Mitch. Happy, <laughs> happy early birthday. Today is my birthday. Happy I think early it is. Birthday? He's just trying to keep it quiet because he doesn't want the world to know he's 60. <laughs> he's going to throw that. Uh, dude, I think he's gonna the throw way that he glass held bottle that bottle up, I thought <laughs> I he was about to say, throw it <laughs> I was going to say, he's going he's gonna to throw a rocket right at your head. Bruce, uh, two quick things yes, for you. Please. You're very good at being quick. Yeah, very. I'm very efficient, if anything. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> what do you think about the commanders trading up to get Caleb Williams? Uh, they should not do it. What do you think about Caleb Williams? Uh, I think he's a great athlete. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a pain in the ass to deal with. Okay. I don't think we know that, but I, are you I, basing I say, that? I think. I think. Yeah. Just uh, There's a lot of stuff there. How much of it is true, I don't know. But I don't. I, but you don't hear I don't stuff think... from coaches or players. You hear stuff from the picture in GQ. For those that are uneducated, like myself, <laughs> That's fair, but here's the deal. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe I'm scarred from the Robert Griffin experience. There was just a story every other day, if not every day, about somebody that somebody, you know, that his uncle, that his dad, that his mom, that his brother, that his sister, that this one said something, did some sort of interview, did wanted some sort of demand. Like, his father seems very involved. I'll just put it that way. Sure. Um, I, I don't same. like anybody that paints their fingernails with F Utah and then loses to Utah. I, I'm sorry. I, that's not my cup of tea. You can paint your fingernails if that's your thing. Uh, if that's what you're doing to honor your mom or whatever, uh, fine. Please don't do F Dallas, F Philadelphia, F New York, and then lose. The proof is in the damn pudding. I mean, if you lose, you lose. It's not just a one-person thing. Everybody 
says F Dallas. Yeah, but <laughs> I care. I used to paint my nails in games. That's right. Really? But it was because I had certain plays in my. I had to put the red and I had lights on outside. So if you ever just saw the two reds, you knew to play. You saw the two whites, you knew a play. If I put them all together, you knew another play. Hmm. I, catchers do that in baseball, but, but right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, when they're so, given something. So that doesn't phase me at all. But It's the F Utah thing that just drove I me crazy. Have, I, I like the F Utah thing. I used to people F U by everybody. I like the F Utah thing better than the crying after I the Notre just, Dame game. Uh, see, that didn't bother me as much as, I, I mean, it, it was awkward, but that didn't bother me as much because that just totally, showed real it was, emotion. It was totally awkward. Yeah. Straight, yes or no? Why do you have Mardi Gras beads wrapped around your hand? I'm celebrating. It's Fat Tuesday. You ever heard of it? I I, I have fat every day. I am the straw that stirs the drink around here. Okay. That line was so good. I don't know how to re- rebound. But, um, rebound. 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 Do you think? Do you think the captain and, wins? And I'm here with no food. Oh my God. Feliz cumpleaños and prospero año y felicidad. Do you think the caps of the Wiz end up in Alexandria? Eventually, yes. I, I think people saying it was dead or whatever is far too premature. I mean, just like yesterday's dog and pony show about, you know, oh, we'll never do this and we'll never do that. I mean, I, I, I'm i not an expert, obviously, <laughs> uh, but but things will be twisted, <laughs> manipulated, bent, whatever. Uh, you silly, silly, silly boys and girls. Uh, and, and it's all a bunch of hogwash. And, I, and by the way, can these senators and, and congressmen from like Roanoke shut the bleep up? I, nobody cares about you. Nobody cares. They care when they have the control over the money. Well, they shouldn't. A that they, they somebody has given them too much control. Somebody, else, somebody else didn't want to be on that and, damn panel because they didn't want to do the work. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't care about people south of Richmond. Let's just put it that way. Wow. I mean, the rest of Virginia Man, is just useless to me. Man, go back to Buffalo. Where the hell are you from? Buffalo via <laughs> Vegas via Long Island. No mustard. <laughs> The, the last 45 seconds of statements you just made were so incredibly disrespectful. When I Rooster doesn't I, trend I, huge in Roanoke, I take it. Listen, I, okay, so I lose out on all the people in Roanoke. No offense. Uh, sorry, go kick all the rocks. Eric Clark, I, I mean, it's not the first piss set of people place. I pissed off. I'd love to keep going, but Landfill will kill me. Thank you, Chris. Goodbye. Thank you. Better news than how Chris Russell feels about people in Roanoke. ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get 100 bucks in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. All right, folks. Happy, happy birthday to Brian Mitchell. Jimmy, now, stop that right now. Okay? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you in a headlock and have those big-ass ears being cauliflower ears. Jeff, do you want to wish him happy birthday since he doesn't want me to do it? My birthday <laughs> not till August. Happy birthday, B. <laughs> Everybody, if you if, want to if wish somebody else, if, if you want to wish B. Mitchell happy more birthday, person just text tweet him. Me happy birthday, JP. I'm whooping your ass, and your little friend that be taking happy up birthday, for you, B. he can call Beat in. Up, B. He can call in. I'm one finger saluting him too. I want to say happy birthday to B. Mitchell. Chris Russell also <laughs> recorded a birthday message. Feliz cumpleaños and prospero año y felicidad. Exactly, JP. Um, you're in trouble in the break. I'm just trying to. Pay, I'm just trying to give the tickets away, man.
Don't worry. I'm just trying to give the tickets with away. some with some sore ears. Why? Why are you upset by the clearly it's not your birthday? Happy birthday! Because I don't want people hitting me with no happy birthday. Can I ask a question? Yes. Isn't that on them for believing it? No, it's on clearly you for, for saying it. Well, they would believe it because it's true. Now you need to get get after. No, nah, I'm gonna get after you because you started it. <laughs> I don't understand what I've done. Uh, you started all this crap. BDM's about to be crazy. <laughs> all right. My boy Danny Frank said, I'm a loyal listener, but I can't listen to quarterback and draft talk for three months. Fine, Danny. We're inventing Brian's birthday. When is your half birthday? That's probably soon, right? My what? Your half birthday. Nobody somebody no damn half birthday. August, because his birthday is today. That's true. Yo, it's almost your half birthday. Right? Wouldn't February be half of August? It would, yeah. I don't know why he's so mad by this. Why would how would February be half of August? Six months. You mean halfway to August? Yeah. Therefore, you're half birthday. We don't celebrate half birthdays. You celebrate your whole birthday month. I thought you might be into no, a I half don't. birthday. No, I celebrate that day and I go full at it. Turn it up, landfill. He's gonna hurt me for whatever reason. I don't. Yo, stop. He's just throwing glass bottles he's, full of hot sauce. He's got the Nikola Djokovic hot sauce. <laughs> All right. Okay. Great news. Caller number 10 right now, 800 I'll be the of the jokes today. It's not even a joke. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to give away cap tickets. You want to give them away? Nope. Caller number 10 right now, 800-636-1067. Win two tickets to see the Caps. Monday, February 26th against Ottawa at Capital One Arena. For tickets and the complete Capital schedule, visit thefandc.com slash contest, courtesy of the Washington Capitals. We will be right back. Drew Wilder from NBC4 joins us to update us on what exactly is going on in Richmond as the Wizards and the Capitals look to make their move to Alexandria. Don't go anywhere. Ba-bam. B. Mitchell Finley, high noon in the District of Columbia, helping us make sense of everything going on from Chinatown to Old Town to Richmond is our friend Drew Wilder from NBC4. You can follow Drew on X and Instagram at Drew Wilder TV. Drew, what's up, dude? Thanks for making time for us. Yeah, always happy to join you guys. Busy day uh, on this arena project down in Richmond, that's for sure. I bet, man. (laughs) And and so thank you for making time. Um, Can we start with... Just just lay out all the facts where things are at right now. Right. I'll, I'll try to give you the, the uh, Reader's Digest version here. There we sure. go. We've got a bill that would – that's the, the first major hurdle. This has to pass Virginia's legislature and be signed by the governor before anything can really get going other than, you know, renderings and that high-level talk that we've had for, well, I guess it was announced three months ago to the day, really, uh, so for the last three months. So uh, there were two bills that were introduced, one in Virginia's Senate, one in Virginia's House. The one in the Senate isn't going anywhere. It's too late. They're not moving forward on it. But the one in the House is moving forward. Coming up in the next hour, two hours probably, that bill is going to get its final vote in the House of Delegates. And the way Virginia's legislature works, basically one, uh, one of the chambers passes a bill, and then they have crossover day. Today, 
is considered crossover day. Really, it's tomorrow. It's where they take the bills that pass out of either the House or the Senate. They walk it down the hall to the other chamber, and then the work on that bill effectively starts again uh, in the other chamber. So when this bill comes up for a final vote here in the next couple of hours, assuming that it passes, it would then move over to the Virginia Senate. They will work on it, discuss it, maybe, uh, maybe make some changes. And then basically it goes back and forth until both chambers agree on the exact same language. If that happens and both chambers pass it, then it goes to the governor and we know that he's going to sign it. So we expect, you know, the, the next major hurdle to be probably cleared here in the next couple of hours. So that sounds like it's like a, a thing in the works towards a, a, a finished thing or something that will possibly happen. The talk of things being dead and possibly not going positively, what's what, what's the uh, direction for that? What has to happen for those things to come about? Right. So, I mean, look, this, this thing's not a done deal. Um, although, you know, when you hear Ted talk about it, when you hear the governor of Virginia talk about it, it sure sounds like it's a done deal, but it's not. Um, Democrats control Virginia's General Assembly right now. It's not to say that they're not on board with it, but they are very clear that this arena project is the governor's priority. And the Democrats are very direct about, okay, well, we have priorities, too. If you give us some of our priorities, we'll give you your arena, at least at the state level. Again, it could run into problems at the city level. We don't know. So right now, the bill that's being discussed basically sets up the what's being what's called the sports the Virginia Sports Authority. This is a new quasi government body that would take on the debt to finance the project, issue the bonds, and it would set up a board that would manage the the financing. It would also manage the, the actual facility itself and all of the land in Potomac Yard. So this thing could go through the House and it could get to the Senate where some Democrats, uh, you know, leadership Democrats have been very outspoken against this project because Youngkin hasn't agreed even in terms of handshake to give them the priorities that they want. Those priorities uh, are a minimum wage increase in Virginia. They also want uh, Virginia to establish a actual working marketplace to begin the sale and distribution of legal recreational cannabis and until the governor does that or agrees to do that i'm not sure democrats are going to give him this arena project that he so desperately wants so you know the 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 possibility of this dying is very real and it's not to say that it would die in the next month you know uh, the latest version of this bill that will be voted on today had a kind of a late change to it They added what's called a reenactment clause. Basically, this says, okay, assume this bill passes, everything's fine and well. The Virginia General Assembly needs to come back in one year if this passes, and we then effectively pass it again. There wouldn't really be any changes to it, but it gives Democrats a kill switch. I mean, they've got a button in their hand to hang on to for one year. So if everything passes and the governor signs the arena bill, but he doesn't give Democrats their uh, recreational marijuana or their minimum wage increase or whatever else, they could pull the plug a year from now. So there's a lot still in limbo on this. Uh, You know, yeah, we'll get a decision today, but, you know, the vote today should not be considered uh, 
anything, anything near final. So hold on, Drew. They're they're putting legalized weed into the stadium deal. Not into the stadium. If you want us to give you that, you got to give us something. Exactly. I mean, this is politics, baby. This is the way Washington works. This is the way state government works. You know, look, I I think at the end of the day, most Democrats and most Republicans in Virginia's legislature are on board with this to to a degree. I mean, they see this as, yes, major financial risk. Uh, to taxpayers, you know, taking on two billion dollars in debt is is no small debt for uh, for anybody, not even a state government, right? So they see a lot of risk here, but they do see the upside. I mean, we know that it's going to bring money into Virginia. It's going to bring money into Alexandria uh, to some extent. Of course, lawmakers want new tax revenue, right? Um, but. If they don't get what they want, they're not going to be so eager to uh, to acquiesce Yunkin, uh, you know, to, to get his priority done. So while they're not in the same bill, I mean, they're they're uh, adjacent. Let's say that they're they're mildly contingent on each other. Jeff, does this project have more of your support now that they're trying to get weed into Virginia with the stadium? I don't want it to go to Virginia, even with weed. Yeah, I don't want to go to Virginia. I want to stay in D.C. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, so, Drew, what, like, so there's a vote today in a couple hours, and if you're busy and need to run, we understand that. Um, but then it seems like they could almost just re-rack this thing next month or next year, and, and whatever people are saying today doesn't mean anything final yet. It doesn't, but I think what it could do is it could maybe – finally peel back the curtain a little bit and let us actually get a sense of what a larger pool of Virginia's lawmakers are thinking. So, you know, we had some fiery rhetoric from uh, Senate Democrats about where they're at, but there has not been a single moment of actual political public debate about any of this. And that was the entire reason why, according to lawmakers, why they introduced these bills in both chambers. Okay, then it's going to have to go through the political process. That way we can ask questions. We can get it out in front of the public. They haven't done any of that. They've had a couple of uh, hearings on the House bill that have moved through a committee level and then up now into the full House and have to you know, pass a couple of steps along each way. There hasn't been a single lawmaker who has asked a single question about this bill that hands over $2 billion worth of money and taxpayers take on the debt. So maybe today, I I think just as a a person who values democracy, not as anybody weighing in on, on, you know, whether this is a good idea or bad idea, like, come on, like debate this. Let's, let's have some conversations. Show us where you're at. Do you have any concern? We don't know. We haven't heard from any of these politicians. So today, you know, the, the chips are kind of down, at least in Virginia's House of Delegates, where there will be an electronic recorded vote. We'll see the split of the vote. We'll get the names of who voted what. And maybe, maybe we'll hear a little bit of debate and hear how one party or the other or the representatives of that specific area are feeling about this. So that might kind of paint the picture moving forward. But to answer your question directly, no, this isn't a, a final thing, but it is a major hurdle that has to happen before this thing moves forward. Andrew, you said that they, it could get through the House and then it could become a problem at the city level as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, so that's that's kind of the the multiple pronged approach here, right? It's got to get through Virginia's General Assembly. The governor has to sign it. We know he will if it gets through the General Assembly. But then it goes to the city level, right? Because the city's taking on massive amount of debt for this as well. And the city has to approve a ton of uh, layers to this because obviously this is going to very directly impact the people who live in Alexandria, yeah. Yeah, whether it's traffic, whether it's, uh, you know, there's been issue, concerns about quality of life. Do we want an arena here? Like, is it, does it make sense here? So those are, those are issues that the city is going to have to take up. And look, you know, backtrack uh, three months ago to that day that we saw Virginia's governor, Ted Leonsis, and everybody standing on that stage in Potomac Yard making this announcement. I mean, just over their shoulder was every single member of Alexandria City Council and the mayor. Right. So they're at least on board to that level. Now, they've got a lot of work to do. So we don't know that they're 100 percent on board, at least every single one of them. But I think it said something that they were all sitting up yeah. there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of work to do. We're, we're not going to get an absolute finite answer. Yes or no. Is this happening for I mean, I guess really a year at, at least. But I think today is a big moment in this and it will let us see what people what some politicians are, are thinking about it and and maybe help you know kind of clear up the road ahead and in, in where we might be going are, are there other hurdles that we haven't heard about that that could come up in this process and then that could be a question maybe for lawmakers mm -hmm. maybe for the people who live in alexandria the people who live in dc or maybe they're questions for monumental you know if there are some significant changes to this deal that you know maybe change the financing in some way or something to that effect is monumental still on board we don't know. We're going to have to see. Yeah, cause I know I, I have a lot of friends over there at that area, and uh, I'm talking about moneymakers, too. They don't like it, and they were kind of sidetracked by how it all went to, went to uh, out there like it was a done deal. So when they get back to that city level, you know, politicians, they, they like to get their pockets lined. So we'll see how it goes then, too. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out the the mayor of Alexandria, who has, you know, uh, for the most part, I, I don't want to, of course, speak for him, but for the, for the most part, he's on board with this. He thinks there's, you know, a lot of things they've got to work on and clear up. There's a lot of work still to be done, but but generally he's on board with it. Well, he's not running for re-election. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, major, uh, major contentious political things always tend to hinge a little bit on, uh, hey, is this uh, lawmaker running for re-election? If they vote yes or no on a particular item, regardless of what it is, is that going to help or hurt them in the next election? I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, they're holding uh, Alexandria taxpayers, you know, their uh, livelihood and future in the balance based on an election. But we know that that's a thing that politicians consider. So, yeah, we'll see. How much does, uh, how much does Yunkin need a win? After like I mean, the that, that, FBI yeah. and everything, it seems like the Amazon thing, which was so celebrated, they're kind of backing off a little bit. How important is this yeah, to Glenn? I, I mean, it, it, it's huge, and that's a great question, JP. I, I don't think that can be overstated. Uh, you know, I I did an interview kind of early on uh, in this process, shortly after the announcement, and, and I, off the top of my head, I forget who I was even talking to, but they made this comment that just kind of the words of it stuck in my head. That they said uh, governors love to try to bring arenas to places because it's big, it's sexy, it's fun, it's jobs, 
right? And right. governors and it, the executive level politicians, presidents, whatever, jobs, 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 right? And if it's big and it's sexy, man, that's a huge win. And you're 100% right. Losing the FBI headquarters politically was not great. Um, and, you know, there's been a couple of other losses along the way. I mean, when Youngkin was running, there was all this talk about how he was going to clean up this mess in K through 12 education. Well, that mess didn't exist, really. I mean, yep. at least not in the <laughs> tangible way that he pitched it. So, yeah, he really needs a win politically. But in Virginia, governors cannot run for reelection at least in consecutive terms. They could take some time that off and run again maybe a few years later. So, you know, something like this isn't a, you know, isn't so political for the governor of Virginia because it's not like they can even appear on the ballot for the next election. But he still needs this win because we know full and well that people who are governor in Virginia tend to have higher political aspirations. Yep. Both of Virginia's senators are past governors. We, one of them uh, ran for vice president recently. We, we know that those aspirations are out there. So, you know, Youngkin hasn't said that he has those aspirations. He also said that he hasn't. Yep. So, uh, sure. yeah, this matters a lot to Glenn Youngkin. Well, I know one thing that would help Governor Youngkin is we have repeatedly offered and requested if he wants to come on our show weekly and make Football picks, I think I want him to know that he's welcome to do that. There are other governors in the area that enjoy the time here. Um, dude, I, I'm, switching, I'm switching gears on you real quick. Um, you covered this thing, I think it was last month, about casinos going into Fairfax County. Where, where yeah, is Tyson's that? Tyson's Corner. Is it, you put a casino in Tyson's. Uh, holy moly, that bridge traffic. But uh, it'd be fun, too. Where, where are we at with casinos coming to Fairfax? Uh, we are on pause for at least a year. So that bill, um, you know, and, and it had come up before. And this is, you know, a, a similar and, and in, in a couple of ways, uh, just a very limited couple of ways to the talk about an arena deal. Because when you're talking about something that massive, you know, the, the benefit, the obvious benefit you can argue is new tax money coming in. And that was essentially the argument in support of a, of a casino in Tyson. There was a study done like five years ago that said Virginians are spending about $150 million a year over at MGM National Harbor. And Virginia's lawmakers are like, uh, hey, would sure be great if we could just keep yep. that $150 million on this side of the Potomac. So the bill came up, uh, was a little bit contentious uh, at the political level, very contentious, you know, at the local neighborhood level. Um, and basically the uh, the Virginia Senate in a subcommittee said, OK, let's press pause on this. Let's do an updated financial impact study and we'll revisit this again in a year. So there's going to be a study. There's this uh, nonpartisan uh, audit commission that handles these types of studies uh, for Virginia's General Assembly. They're going to take a look at that and very specifically look at what the impact to Tysons and Fairfax County at large and to the Commonwealth even larger, what the implications of possible casino could be. And then once that study is done, it'll go before Virginia's General Assembly again next year. So uh, no action on that for now, uh, but we'll be talking about it again in, uh, in about 11 months. Talking with our boy Drew Wilder here. Of course, you can watch him on NBC4. Follow him on X and Instagram at Drew Wilder TV. Let's let's get your gut here. Um, I don't think there's ever going to be a casino in Tyson's. Do you do you think there will? 
I, I mean, I, ah, I don't. I, I don't say. So. I don't know. I, I don't. Just because of the way that the local lawmakers talked about it, right? So the way this bill was written, of course, it could change uh, because it would have to be reintroduced and reworked. The, the way the bill was written is that it would basically be a, a ballot referendum. If it passes at the state level, if it passes the, the county board of supervisors, it would then go on a ballot at an election and Fairfax County voters would say yes or no, we would like a casino in Tyson's. There Fair, was Fairfax County voters going to say no. From the county, from they the said county that, that officials again. They said that that uh, railway wouldn't go through there either. Right. Well, At one exactly. point. So uh, you, the Silver you know, Line? When, yes, it's, it's going right true. through there, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, so and we'll then see. last one, your gut feel, do the Wiz and Caps end up in Alexandria? Man. I'm not in the business of, of making these types of guesses. I think that it, it at least gets through the state level. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I feel good that it ultimately happens, like, like that it will probably happen. There's just so much that still needs to be worked on. Uh, I mean, there, there's so many opportunities for it to trip up. But it seems like the majority of Virginia's legislature wants to get this done, at least get it out of their hands and down to the city level. We're going to have to see. I, I'm leaning yes, but that's a very, very reserved yes. Uh, a very slight lean. All right, Drew. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Great work down appreciate in Richmond. You, Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. That is our guy, Drew Wilder. Give him a follow on X Instagram at Drew Wilder TV. Let's go around the room. Is this thing going to happen? And then let's take a, a quick glimpse at the local sports scene beyond stadium construction because it's uh, kind of bleak. Not that good. Don't go anywhere. Shout out to a very well-dressed hockey announcer for checking in and, and listening to the program. Um, B, I'm not sure I want to do this, but I think we should do this. Um, at 1 o'clock, Nikki Jabal is going to join us. We're going to run through all of the commander's coaching staff hires because they're really starting to fill this roster out. Um, my guess is, and actually I haven't reached out to anybody on this, this is a guess, is that they will have an official kind of press release on all the new staff, maybe as soon as the end of this week. Um, you know, if you go to the website right now, they're probably not listing everybody. There's probably some folks on there that that no longer are. Um, like, they still have Nate Katzer on there. We know that that's going to be Larry Izzo. They still have Juan Castillo on there. We know he's no longer with the team. Yeah, Todd Storm R- still on RJ there. RJ going to Titans. I know that. What's that? Randy Jordan going to the Titans. Good. Uh, Randy's, I mean, I'll say this of Katzer and Randy Jordan, the only two guys that made it through the Gruden administration, through the Rivera administration, uh, both are absolute class acts, true pros, great guys. Um, And on some level, you get to know these people, and you don't just view them as coaches with statistics attached, and Mm -hmm. you just hope the best for them. Like, I know know their wives and children. Like, they're great families, great people. Um, we're going to run through all that at, at one o'clock with Nikki. Um, but be like football in Washington, actual games has been over for well over a month, but then there was the intrigue of the new GM. Okay. They got him. It's Adam Peters. Then yeah. it's, well, what about the coach Dan Quinn? Okay. They got him. Uh, what about the coordinators? Okay. They got them Wit Kingsbury at some point, And I fear it's today. We need to take a look at what else is going on. Um, so the two headliners in D.C. 
that are playing right now are the Caps and the Wiz. Yeah. Um, the Caps, we kind of went into it knowing they could have an uneven season, but you had the allure of Ovi chasing the record. Um, and I'd say right now, it's been kind of an uneven season, and Ovi started slow, has gotten hot lately. I think the Caps were probably a little bit worse than we expected slash hoped. Yeah. But, but I don't think anybody's necessarily shot. They missed the playoffs last year. They're on the outside looking in this year. And if you could add on to that, they were hoping Backstrom could come back. Finally, they realize he's on, like, permanent medical leave, whatever the situation is, right? Indefinite. Right. Um, then you add this koozie thing, and, and from a personal perspective, standpoint you just hope he's okay yeah. whatever he's dealing with but like is anybody shocked by the caps performance thus far no i think they're i think they're fifth out on the wild card from a straight points perspective they can, i mean they have 54 points the wild cards at 60 you know it's only a 6 point difference but you got climb uphill yeah and the consistency hasn't been enough to us to have a the faith that it could happen right now agreed now, the Washington Wizards are also playing hoops right now. Yes. Um, I'm saying I, yes to your question. I, I mean, you're correct. I, I'll say this. The Wiz have really struggled the past couple of seasons when they were still at least trying to tell us they were going for the playoffs, even though it was largely meaningless. Mm-hmm. I prefer this Wiz season at 9-44 and 44 when we know, obviously, what they're trying to do. Than to the last couple of years where they were like, you know, 18 and so they were close. Yeah. I, they are losing. They are struggling, but they're supposed to be. They traded away Gafford. Gafford looks awesome in Dallas. He's also playing with Luca. Like that yeah. helps. <laughs> um, I, the other thing I, I probably watch more whiz games than people realize, but they've also played better hoops since the coaching change. And I recognize what Unseld's name, legacy, all that means in D.C., but I think he, I think Keefe has been playing the young guys better, more. I think you see Bilal and Denny and Kispert. Like, I think the Wiz are a long way away, a very long way away. Yeah. But I'm okay with this Wiz season. We all said this is what we wanted. We're getting we wanted it. to rebuild, but I think ultimately, I understand we're in D.C., Okay, that's something too. That lure, is that going to be there? Because you you can't just say, oh, we were trying to build. You have to show something for guys. Because when they were in their prime, it wasn't like a lure for the top-notch guys. Sure. So the top, one of the top guys in the league from here didn't even interview with them. Like, refused. So, uh, I mean, like, w- w- there's going to have to be a certain change and that whole little aspect and mentality of that team for th- people to look at it and say, got to go there. I totally agree. I think you got to draft well. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, right now, the Wiz, I think, now it's the lottery, so who knows, but the Wiz are 9-44. and 44, The Pistons are 8-44. and 44. Is there anybody out west with a worse record? No. So the Wiz right now would have the second worst record in the NBA, so the second most lottery balls. I think for the Wiz rebuild to work, you got to draft well. Mm-hmm. And then you can perhaps add stars. But if you look around the NBA now, a lot more of these teams, like the days of 
LeBron and KD and all these guys moving around team to team, like most of these teams are homegrown now. Like if you look at OKC, the Nuggets, the Celtics, it, it the there has been a shift. Like uh, the Bucks, I, I know they pulled off some trades this year, but there's been a shift from the elite superstars going to form super teams to teams that have drafted well and building in in turn. It's mostly elite. I mean, it mostly changed, but still, guys are looking for that opportunity. Like, sure. Dame didn't go, didn't want to go to Milwaukee just because. Right, right, right. He went there because there's somebody out there he know he can win with. He's not a big fan of spotted yeah. cow. A lot of other guys are going to be um, looking for that opportunity too. And what I always am concerned about is, are we ever the area or the team that they look at like that? So we we could talk about Koulibaly and all these other guys. Ultimately. <laughs> One of them gonna have to become like a name, like a Giannis, yeah, a Kostev. And if they are not at that level, we're not gonna be attracting the people that we want to be able to do the things we want to do. Yeah, I know the GM and all it came from that 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 facility, that franchise. But he has to look at the history of this one when they were Le Boulet comp- competing and all. But forty, what was the most wins we got? Forty four. 50? They they don't have 50 wins, I think, ever, or at least in my lifetime. I was born in so, 1981. So, but when it was happening and you had Gil and and, uh, and and Antoine and, you know, uh, Tough Juice, when all those guys, still, the other guy was like, yeah, I got to go over there and play with them. Right. So it is something going on that has to change. And, hell, you got, you're in D.C. You had a nice-ass facility right downtown. You had some players that were balling. But the guys were not coming here. So what is it that's making them go the other way? Don't know. The the one thing that's tough for me, watching the Wiz embrace the rebuild and, and trying to build it up the right way, last year you had a a, a true goal. with that number. The whole world knew when Benyama was coming. Yeah. I just pulled this up I, for the whole room, aquarium included. Can anybody name a projected top five NBA pick in the 2024 draft? This year? This this year coming. Baycott what? may be one of the guys. What's his name? Rob Dillingham? Baycott's been in college like eight years. Armando Baycott. Baycott. Whatever his name is. I'm looking at, at Tankathon. All right? So I'm just using this. Who'd you say? Rod? Rob Dillingham? He's, he's not coming out this year? The guard for Kentucky? They've got him at 12th. The 12th pick. Lampville, you got one? Yeah. Uh, first off, the last time the Wizards won 50 games in a season was 78-79. That's before I was born. That was, was uh, when they won the finals. I was 10. Uh, or, I'm sorry, they lost the finals that year. Um, and uh, Jones. Jones is going to be top five pick. What's Jones's first name? Uh, Jones, is a, he just goes by Jones. Just Jones. Yeah. What, what school did he go to? You know, I think he was Jonesville. One, I think he's one of those guys that didn't actually go to school. He like skipping it. It's like he's like skipping. What the school. hell are you talking about? <laughs> All right, you ready for the projected top five from Tankathon? Yeah, Jones, number one. Not Jones. Um, and listen, I'm going to apologize up front for anybody I may mispronounce. Uh, the number one overall pick to the Detroit Pistons, Alexandre Sar. A seven foot one, two, seven one two seventeen. That is skinny. He is skinny as hell. A a power forward center from Perth. Power like, forward. 
seven feet, 217, he is a straw. Yeah. Um, number two, your Washington Wizards on the clock, B. Who they're picking? Anybody got a suggestion? Somebody from uh, some, some, it's going to be an international. We cannot take him. We can't do that again. <laughs> what do you, you, what do you got against my man? We can't just keep taking European dudes. Like, we got to take somebody who, who can actually play the game. I with, just want a guy who went to Duke. With the second overall pick, the Washington Wizards select Nikola Topic, six foot six, two hundred pounds, point guard from Red Star. Red Star, I just looked up briefly, is in Serbia. Um, oh, is this that might be partisan Belgrade, which I, I think I, I attended their stadium to see ACDC. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, you, you are you going to get a Topic jersey? Hot Topic. Man, I'm not getting I'm not getting the Wizards jersey until we at least touch the playoffs, bro. I I I also want to be how would you pronounce this, B Mitch? T O P I C, but the C has like a accent on it. Topeak. Topeak? What do you got, Jeff? That don't make the little C H sound. Topic. Topic. Yeah. Topic sounds fairly bald. I go with that. Landfill, are you on Topich? Yeah, I would go with Topich, Topich, something like that. All right, so the first American they got drafted, number three, they've got the Spurs taking Zachary Rissiker from Borg. Maybe that's Germany. Uh, number four, they've got the Hornets taking Jacoby Walter out of Baylor. Five, Cody Williams, a forward out of Colorado. Um, Where's Jones? <laughs> I, I don't see anybody named Jones, Landfill. I apologize. Uh, he's in the second round. Dylan Jones, Weber State. This guy I was thinking of. I thought he was going to have a better year. I'm sure that's who you were thinking it was, of. That was who I was thinking or of. Or that you just threw out the world's most generic last name and you found somebody <laughs> that it fit with. Nah, come on, man. Um, but listen, the Wiz are struggling. We knew they were going to be. That was the plan. The Caps aren't performing to what people hoped. Wasn't the plan, but also not a shock. Surely, in an in a basketball hotbed area like the DMV. I know. We got some college hoops to look forward to, right? We'll check out the locals when we come back. One of the elite tracks of all time right here. Jeff, could you play this in the club? Like a brunch party? Depends on what brunch you go to. Um, I'm now looking at Nikola Topic highlights. You know who I'd like to book? Landfill, see if you can book this person. Um... John Auville, he's an NBA draft scout, specializes in international players. Mm -hmm. Um, He was all over Bilal Koulibaly. I think his Twitter handle is Money Metal Cakes. See if we we can get him booked. Just see what I I can do. Money Metal Cakes work here. Yeah, John Auville. (laughs) And listen, he was right about Koulibaly. I I need Cakes' take on Nikola Topic. Cakes' take. Cakes' take. Cakes' draft take. Presented by... Even my boys are hitting me with this birthday. I don't have to beat you up, bro. Because yeah. it's your birthday, B. Hey, Kendrick uh, Ghostin hit me. Yeah, Ken. Good. B-Mitch the, hit me. Because the you hit, hit me. Come on. Hey, we want you to beat up JP. Happy birthday. Well, I, I don't enjoy it as much in that capacity. Um, so we talked about the Caps and the Wiz not having the seasons anybody wanted. Um, honestly, but this is the, this is the season the Wiz was supposed to have, and it's kind of the season I think the Caps were going to have, which sucks, but it's just reality. 
But as we get into mid-February, I think Selection Sunday is only a month out. Surely, we got some college hoops to look forward to, Landini. I start with my alma mater, my Maryland Terrapins, who I love and know a lot about the program. Just don't talk about them all that often because they're losing. B, they're 13-11, and 5-8 mm-hmm. in Big Ten play. I, uh, I mean, not only are they not making the tournament, I don't know that they make the NIT. That's bad. It's bad. Real bad. Yeah. And, dude, this is the second And Landfill year. trying to get the Wiz to draft Duke players. Yeah, what the hell, Landfill? Landfill, how do you feel about my Maryland Terrapins going 13-11 and 11 so far? Oh, that's just awful. I feel, uh, I feel real bad <laughs> he for. Sound, he doesn't sound like he's since sincere at all. For all Marylandites, whatever the hell you call yourselves, it's just, I'm just all beaten up. Well, the, I'm gonna need to take a minute. The good you news, know. The good news, landfill. I spent a stupid amount of money on a graduate degree from another university here in town, um, <laughs> Georgetown University. Um, now, surely they just hired a new coach. He was supposed. To, he was the talk of the East Coast. Upset all the people in Rhode Island, all all eleven of them, to come down to Georgetown, start coaching the Hoyas. Uh, mm-hmm. Now this is a rebuild year. There, I get it, but. Are you aware how poorly it's going over on the hilltop? Uh, yeah. Are you? Yeah, man. I, I watch TV. I look at the news. Okay, they've played twelve Big East conference games. Twelve. Twelve. Over under. All right, twelve. Over under four and a half Big East wins. When you ask those questions, under. Yeah, it's got to be under. They're one and eleven in conference play. And Look, JP is so you, your questions are just playing. You, when you ask them, we know the answer. The only team they've beaten in Big East play is DePaul, who's zero and twelve in Big East play. They've lost eight in a row, and Ed Cooley just had this thing where somebody was like, "Try some somebody was chirping him in the stands." I kind of like this from Ed Cooley. Some dude was like, "Hey, coach, that's uh, you know three million bucks per win. You've only got eight wins." And apparently Cooley looked at him and said, yeah, that's right. I'm rich as a father ducker, which I think is kind of awesome. Kind of awesome. But you know what? Somebody's going to find that. They're going to mess with him, hold him against it. So, you know, sometimes as a coach, you got to you gotta show the same class you want your players to show. Sure. Uh, quasi-local UVA is doing well. If I was a coach, I probably would do exactly what he's doing. Oh, I bet you would. But I'm just and saying, I, I, I've been working in this media thing for 30-plus years, and I know how we'll love it. And then somebody grab it, and then all of a sudden – that's the reason you got you got out of here. Remember Jim Calhoun went after that reporter that asked him about how much money he made, and he's like, "I'm not giving a cent back." Um, I wouldn't. Why? You doing your job, right? All right. Uh, Quasi local UVA doing quite well. Uh, Nineteen and five overall, ten and three in the ACC. Still boring hoops, but they're winning. Um, Virginia Tech, the Hokies, thirteen and ten, five and seven in ACC play. They've lost three in a row. Um, what about, about like GW or Mason? I think GW Mason might be doing okay. Mason's sixteen and eight, but they're only five and six in conference. GW fourteen and nine, three and seven in conference. Hmm. Um, that's all I got. I can tell you their records. Ho- hopefully, I think Mason has Tony Skin coaching them. They play tonight, by the way. Mason plays GW. Yeah. Who are we rooting for? 
State your pick right now. Where is it? Mason. It looks like it's in Mason in Fairfax. It's right down the street from my crib, son. I was impressed by the Mason I'm, Arena. I'm, I'm champion Scott Jackson's son's school, man. That's Bill Rowland versus Byron Kerr. Who are we going to pick? Is that the Colonials versus the Colonials? No, the Patriots. Mason's the Patriots? You just like to just throw them out there. You knew that? Yes. Jeff, did you know that? No. Thank you. I just, I just know them by school. We don't expect Jeff to, Jeff to know. What is that supposed to mean? Yeah, I know what is Georgetown is the Hoyas. Yeah, you don't expect Jeff to know Georgetown expands Hoyas. the country. They are a super, super popular school, been popular forever. But I did not think you would know that. They're, they're I know George UL Mason. is the Raging Cajun. Because you hear us talking about it all the damn time. <laughs> Jeff, who you got tonight? GW versus Mason. I'm going with Mason. Only because my boy the DJ down there, so I got to support the guys. I'm going with Mason because Jeff's boy's the DJ. I think that's also Grant versus Danny, if I'm correct. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. We got to get some fights. I I enjoyed my time at Eagle Bank Arena two weeks ago. Um, that's a nice little arena they yes. got. Cool. Shout out to Paw Patrol Live. Um, AU. AU. Is third in the Patriot League. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Simpkins coaching the American. Are they the Patriots? They're the Eagles. AU Eagles. DA is going to be real mad at me for, if I mess that up. Jeff, look up what AU is. I'm pretty sure it's but, the Eagles. Y'all, my, my, my boy son used to go there way back. I have confirmed that GW versus George Mason is Grant versus Danny. Oh, so Ooh. we got GW versus George Mason after us? Okay. Blood feud. Yeah. Um, good news AU is in third place in the Patriot League. Bad news is. Colgate looks like they're running away with that thing. Colgate yeah, Eagles. Thank you. Colgate's 11 and 1. AU's 7 and 5. Who are you going for, JV? You and uh you and DA got something to do tonight, too. So who are you going for? What? I'm trying to get you to get beat up. I'm I'm rooting for AU. I drive by <laughs> I drive past American University eight times a day. Um eight times a day. Well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Bro, I should pack my clothes when I have to go to four, but I don't, and I drive home and I change and then I drive back to four. Uh Navy, quasi-local, not having a great year. They're 8-15. and 15. Um, Loyola, Baltimore, not having a great year. They're 5-20. and 20. Uh, Jeff, give me a Nats win total. Maybe the Nats are going to save us. Maybe the Nats are going to come out and win 88 games, B. Are you counting on that? No. You know who will? The Baltimore Orioles. Nikki Javala joins us next. <laughs> Petey Paul, that means it's time to get smart. Get to talk to Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post. What's up, Nick? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Have We're you good. recovered from what I'm guessing was eight days in Las Vegas? Um, I feel pretty good, honestly. I mean, I'll probably crash at like three o'clock or something. But I took the red eye right after the game. Wow. Um. So yeah, I feel pretty good. I, I, you know, I feel youthful and spry. Good for you. I don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you yesterday? Have to, did you have to file on deadline from the game and then get on the red eye? Yes. Yes. Oh, damn. Uh, well, good yeah. for you. Um, yeah. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> I, I want to get to all of the commanders' coaching staff updates, but I, I do want to start with your thoughts from the Super Bowl. I mean, you were there all week. You were covering the Niners. Um, and what that Niners locker room must have been like after that game. Yeah, they on it they didn't let us into the locker room post game. This may be a new NFL thing. Ever? So they brought yeah, which is really annoying, frankly. Um, but they they brought everybody out to 
kind of this tent area right outside the stadium um, to separate podiums. And they brought out, like, I want to say maybe five to seven guys for each team plus a coach. Um, and then uh, Andy and Patrick Mahomes had, like, a bigger press area. Um, but, yeah, it was it was pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, Kyle looked very depressed. I mean, I, you know, lost his third Super Bowl, so of course. Um, but like, yeah, every player seemed really down. Um, I, I, I guess in a way, sort of not miffed. I mean, they, they know what Patrick Mahomes is capable of late in a game. Um, but I think they just seemed totally disappointed. Um, it was interesting talking to him about that overtime period with the modified rules too. Yeah. And, and, you know, they didn't seem to have any idea of the rule change or what it entailed, let alone, you know, it, it didn't sound like they did any real planning with the players. I'm sure Kyle and his coaches and the analytics staff, um, and he said this, that, you know, they went over contingencies that that were, were to happen, but <laughs> it wasn't really discussed with players or practiced at all. I think that, that, that like, he came out and said he had met with his analytics, and then he comes back now and said they wanted it, they wanted the third time. Right, but right. That's a lot of that's some arrogance like a hell. You basically saying we gonna get the ball, they gonna go down and get the same points we get, and then we gonna go down and score something else. I right. think I think he just screwed up in the whole situation. Well, I think there's there are really two schools of thoughts going into it because nobody's really done to, done it right. Like mm-hmm. these new rules. The new rules are that everybody gets a both teams get a possession um, in the overtime period, and even if the team that has the ball first scores, the second the other team will still get the ball, um, and if they tie it, then the the whoever scores next wins. So that was their thinking. Like, all right, we you know this team is likely to score. Let's get the first one. We need to score. If they match it, we have a chance to just beat them on the third time. But that puts more pressure on them to not only score, but score a touchdown. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it was just, in hindsight, I think it's flawed thinking. Um, but at the time, I mean, the discussion in the press box was all the same. Like, I could totally see it if he felt like his defense was gassed, which he denied, um, if he felt like they wanted the third chance. But in hindsight, it clearly didn't work out. So everybody's questioning it. Did they well, not think about who was quarterback in the other team? Yeah, and that they could yeah, go I for mean, two. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you, you gotta, you gotta. This is what Patrick Mahomes does. It's what Brady does. He's experienced both. You know. Um, so yeah, and like I, I, to me, it's more of th- that thinking requires you to score a touchdown, not a field goal, a touchdown. Yes. Because if they match it, you know, fine, you get a third chance, but. If not, you're out. So um, once they score the, the the field goal, that previous thinking goes out the window. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, talking with our friend Nikki Jambala, fresh back from two months in Las Vegas covering the Super Bowl. <laughs> you can you can follow her at Nikki Jabvala, N I C K I J H A B V A L A. Um, all right, let's switch gears back to the Burgundy and Gold. Even though, weirdly, both Chiefs and Niners are kind of versions of Burgundy and Gold, let's talk about the Washington organization. Um, yep. We know those are red. They've officially announced Quinn. They've officially yeah. announced Wit. They've officially announced Kingsbury. Uh, take us through what else we definitively know now. Yeah, so they also hired Larry Izzo. Um, they haven't formally announced them, not that I've seen, as their no, special teams coordinator. Yep. Um, 
They brought in Brian Johnson, um, the former Eagles. I really like that hire. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, I think his work with quarterbacks and you think they, I think there's a lot going on with the Eagles. I don't. I, I hope people aren't just looking at their offense and, and thinking, oh gosh, why are we bringing him in? But totally I think agree. there's much more to it. I think um, you think his title becomes like passing game coordinator or something. I think it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. For they, sure. They kept Tavita, right? So Tavita's staying on as QB yep. coach. Tavita is staying. I like Tavita. Um, well, they 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 have a new tight ends coach. He was last year a senior offensive analyst for uh, the Bucks. O line coach is a little. I don't tight end coach is, is this one. Hold on, I'm writing this down. Is Ray right? R A I H. Yes. Okay. R A I H. Yes. Okay. Um, o line, um, Bro- Ben Johnson. No, not Ben Johnson. Bobby Goodness. Johnson. Bobby Johnson. Yeah. Uh, do your best to explain that one. Yeah. Uh, so he was the Giants offensive line coach last year. And um, I realize not all sacks are the fault of the offensive line. Um, and everything requires context. But the Giants gave up 85 sacks last year. Mm. Um, and, you know, they really struggled to develop some of the younger linemen. So you hope that pattern doesn't continue in Washington with Bobby Johnson. I just like saying Bobby Johnson because it reminds me of the rap song, OG Bobby Johnson. I I Um, like that too. Um, (laughs) I I am willing to, I think particularly at O-line, coaching is more about developing young talent. Like they were so beat up on the line there that I don't know that we got a real look at Bobby Johnson with the Giants. But damn, I mean, Dable didn't wait a second to fire him. Right, like, right. Eighty-five sacks, though. Pretty bad. Eighty-five sacks, yeah. league high. Eighty-five sacks. I mean, to me, that is one of the most important positional coaches. No matter what team you're on, like, and I, I, I think it I, is the. Me, this is like, yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. He may be a very fine coach. I'm no expert in O line coaching, that's for sure. Um, but. Yeah, I don't. I just hope this franchise doesn't scrimp on, you know, investing in the O line like they have done in the past. I don't yeah. think you'll get very far if you do that. Um, defense, they, they added Ken Norton Jr. as a linebackers coach. Um, he's won quite a number of Super Bowls as a player and coach, was mm-hmm. also with UCLA. And his old uh, man Ryan was a Kerrigan. heavyweight champ of the world. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan Kerrigan is staying, uh, but as the assistant linebackers coach and a pass rush specialist, um, Jason Simmons um, will be the defensive back coach and passing game coordinator. He was a uh, former safety. Um, he's worked with um, Joe Witt in the past. Uh, he was last with the Raiders in, in the same position. Um, others that we have, uh, John Pagano at, coming on as a senior defensive assistant. That's Chuck's son. Um, uh, yes, I believe. Yes. Okay. Or is it his brother? If it's his brother, text me. Cause that's very interesting. Cause we have a, we all have a friend in common. Who's the running back coach? You say that? Uh, I don't think they've hired yeah, somebody yet. yet. Okay. Um, but Randy Jordan is going to Tennessee. Oh man. I might throw my hat. No, I'm joking. joking. His contract expired. I know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I talked to uh, Randy at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, now, Landfill has confirmed that John Pagano is Chuck Pagano's brother. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck's the older brother. Yeah. 
So. All right. Um, and that's what we've got so far. That's what we've got so far. Um, when do you think they'll have the staff filled out? I mean, we're all going to be in Indy in like two weeks. Are they still trying to get um, Al Harris? I don't think I don't think Dallas is giving up Al Harris. I think they, they, they uh they blocked it because if you go with a lateral thing, they can block. They give them an upward right. move. They can't. Yeah. yeah, I would think Dallas would. Oh yeah, just a cornerback, assistant head coach. Maybe Dallas yeah. has made clear they're going to do that too. Make that's do the, it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Do you think there's any think chance they're... with the Cowboys going to Mike Zimmer that there could be more changes on the on the Dallas defensive coaching staff that could maybe free up an Al Harris? Very possible, but it seems like the players really love him and the organization likes him. So, you know, that would be great if they could land Al, Al Harris. He's a good hey, coach. Yep, yes, he is. That's my dog. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he would be here already, frankly. So it, it's interesting that Dallas stopped that. Um, we had uh, Mike Jones on earlier who, who said how much he, how much kind of brain power he thinks is on this staff so far. Um, I think folks got to realize that a lot of assistant and position coaches in particular are on two-year contracts, and a lot of this was just kind of natural attrition or natural over like t- turnover. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you think of the staff so far? It seems like the Bobby Johnson thing stands out to you perhaps in a, in a not-so-positive way. Yeah, and that's really the only one. And, you know, it's again, that's based on my limited expertise on offensive line coaching. So he could turn out to be fine. I, I agree with Mike Jones. I do think this is an experienced staff. Um, and, you know, it, it, they they do have connections to Joe Witt, obviously, and Dan Quinn, but it doesn't – I just like the fact that they're not trying to completely remake, you know, another – that from the past. Yeah, to from, get my just from uh, Atlanta. <laughs> Correct. Like, <laughs> let's just you know move on, bring in some new voices. Um, so, I mean, and I don't, I don't know that you can really have a a sexy hire among positional coaches, but I, I, I like the direction of this staff. Um, Simmons has been a uh, very, he's been relatively successful around the yeah, league. No, he's. I've heard good things about him. Um, I talked with someone be, at the Super Bowl, and they were basically saying that. Most of these coaches have come here because they like Dan Quinn or want to work with him. So right. I just think, I think that that's a very good sign. Being a galvanizer can be a big, big plus for him instead yeah. of trying to do everything like he did in Atlanta. Yep, I agree. I've heard a lot of guys like Larry Izzo. I know there was a, some former players weighed in online too when they heard about the hire, um, the special teams coordinator. But yeah. I think I, I hope they fill it out. It may have already filled it out and agreed to terms, and it just hasn't. They certainly haven't announced it formally yet, but it may actually already be done, and you know, news is still leaking out, or they just may be finalizing these last pieces here. So it's got to be soon. Sure, um, I feel like you could get that before the end of the week. Like, all right, here's our updated coaching list press release right. kind of thing. Um, right. Kind of looking ahead now, we've got the combine in a couple weeks. There are, there are two natural questions that come to me. It's it's one's draft, one's league year. Uh, we'll start chronologically here. How they're going to have a ton of cap space when the league year opens on March 11th. This is the tampering period officially opens mm-hmm. March 13th. Mm-hmm. How aggressive do you expect them to be with the new league when the new league year opens? 
I'll be honest. I don't know because I don't. I don't know how. I don't know what this regime is thinking. I don't know what their approach is. I don't know that anybody knows yet. Um, they may not even know as they're still building out their staff. I would like to think that they're fairly aggressive, but not reckless. You know, they're not just going to go spend a ton of money to get big name players if they don't feel that those players can really contribute. I like. I want to believe that. Um, the one I'm mostly curious about, of course, is, you know, what do they do with that number two pick? Do they try to trade up? Um, do they try to trade back even? But, um, you know, how aggressive will they be there if they really feel strongly about one guy, presumably Caleb Williams? Um, will they try to make a play to move up? Because that could cost, obviously, quite a bit to move up. Do you think they will? I, I don't think they will. What? I don't I, – I'll be honest, like, and I, I hate admitting that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I I think that will become more apparent in the coming weeks. I thought it was really interesting that the report came out about Chicago saying, oh, we will only take, you know, a really significant haul because, to me, that signals we're open for business, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they frame it as if, no, we're not trading it, but they literally just, if that report is true, they're saying, yeah, we're open for business. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, not Non-quarterback division, what is yeah. the most important thing for Washington to fix this offseason? The offense line. Hey, do you, no doubt. How do you do it? Hands down. Like, and to me, that, that doesn't get fixed overnight. To me, you build through the draft, like so many of the good teams have. So... I think you got one good long-term piece within that starting five right now, and that's Cosme. The rest, I mean, center, we don't know what Ricky Stromberg is. Um, I don't know that any others are long-term pieces. I mean, I think Leno has, what, a year left on his deal, and he's But no guarantee probably, money. Yeah, so. Wiley you know, has a that, little bit of guarantees. Uh, Gates. I think you're stuck with him for at least another year. But, I, I agree know. on Wiley. I'm curious on Gates, who has a little bit of guarantees left. Um, I bet they. I bet they eat it and let him go. Well, hmm. what do you make of it though? Now it's his old line coach from New York coming. He gave him 85. Yeah, sacks. I mean, there's yeah, but there's, Gates wasn't there for the 85 sack year. Gates right, was there the year right. before. How many, I, I wish we could go find out how many they had that year. That, that old line was pretty good that year. I mean, that's yeah. they, they made the playoffs and beat Minnesota. I don't know. I mean, he's do what, like eight million dollars? Like, I don't view him as a starter, guard, or center. So, you know, that's a lot of money to pay a backup lineman. So, is he open to restructuring? Would he get that money elsewhere if they or something? I would higher? recommend the if restructure. He, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, if you plan to keep them, but if not, you eat it. But yeah, yeah, and I yeah, don't I, think. There's expectations of winning a whole lot next year, so maybe you just eat it and kind of move forward. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's just it's crazy to look at this O line and look at how much money is still committed to them, and yeah. know that they need an overhaul. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were still paying. Um, this is an offensive line, obviously, but just in thinking of sort of the personnel misses over the years, um, I mean, they still had dead money tied to William Jackson. I mean, it's just. It's insane to me. They have dead money tied to Ruye and Norwell also. And the one thing that I find astonishing, late in the season, their secondary is just getting gutted, 
and they release Danny Johnson, and they have almost a million dollars of dead money on the books for Danny. Yeah, it, it's week fourteen, and there's a lot of moves that were made that were not very. It's good. week fourteen, and you're what four and eleven? The hell is the yeah. point of that? I that one was to try to give the younger guys some playing time, but like, and then they claim point, that dude. Like, they claim the dude from Green Bay. I think. Caillou Blue, yeah, I, I never played him, right? Or they played him sparingly, I think. I, I mean, just maybe. It kind of all, like, those final weeks just were a big blur to me yeah. because it was just like, is this over with yet? Are we done yet? <laughs> I agree. Um, Nikki, we always appreciate you coming on. Get some rest. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Hi, Nick. All right. Thank you, Nikki. Bye. That is our friend Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post. Follow her on X at Nikki Jabala. Simple question. I think it's a complicated answer. Are the commanders going to be aggressive this offseason? Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. I think you go with the over for the night, Chet Holmgren. He will score over 15 and a half points. You'll get that extra $150 if that bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel sportsbook is the official partner of 106.7 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old or president of Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Landini, I remember the name of the song, ironically, but not the band. This is Breakfast at Tiffany's. Who's the band? Some British band. Uh, Deep Blue something. Like Deep Blue something, or you don't remember the last name? Deep Blue C. Deep Blue something. All right, well, you should know that expert expert bat on Twitter earlier today said, what's with the rejoin music today? LOL, it's really not great. You want to respond to him? Haters can't stand us, left hand up. That's right. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I think, frankly, you do a hell of a job with the rejoin music. Great music. And I think you spray it around the whole park, which I applaud. I think a lot of sports talk... Radio music is just the same over and over. Um, so, beat it, expert bat. What do you say, Jeff? Tell them knuckle up. Yeah, knuckle up. Bangers records. Knuckle up records, son. Bangers only. Um, news here off the top. Uh, Drew Wilder was just with us at, at about 90 minutes ago saying that expect some news here any minute. Um, Virginia's House of Delegates passed the arena bill, and now it moves to the Senate. You know, this joint passed... I would say pretty heavily, 59 to 40, yays versus nays. Um, now it goes to the Senate. We've heard uh, State Senator Louise Lucas say that this deal ain't going anywhere. Um, also seems like as long as you legalize weed, everybody's happy. So, hey, but this is the thing. Okay, legalizing weed or not. Why is that split down party line? Because I know it damn sure not split down party line. As far as who consumes it? Yes. Yeah. I don't so, know. I got a lot of buddies all over the damn party lines, and believe me, they all indulge. So what makes the politician think they can control it for other people? I, I'll i be honest. I'm stunned that weed isn't legal in Virginia. I thought it was. You drive around the Beltway in Tyson's, smells like it is. 
It's been smelling like that since 1990, JP. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I, I know, know it wasn't legal then. Listen, if they're worried about the casino money going to Maryland, uh, you better worry about all the other yeah, money going there, too. It's not that hard to get over the bridge. Um, all right, so we will stay tuned. I think, I think calling anything done when it relates to this amount of money going through state politics ain't over till it's over. I just um, think of the fact that the $2 billion goes into the taxpayer's lap. You got to be careful telling taxpayers, oh, this is a debt we're going to have to pay. They come. I think if it goes through, they'll come back and say that they'll take on some of the debt. Most yeah, of the debt. sure. Yeah. Um, we went through kind of college hoops roundup locally. Jeff, did you ever give me a Nats win total for this season? Because I didn't see one. And you literally asked that and went straight, straight to, to something else. Yeah, so I thought maybe you didn't want that. Anymore. I'm asking for it now. Please. I got you. Hold Thank on. you, buddy. Um, Howard, is, the good news, Howard is third in the MEAC. The bad news is Howard is 10 and 14. Um, I also don't understand how the MEAC has only played seven conference games in mid-February. How many teams in it? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Uh, eight. That's why. Now, a lot of these teams are quasi-local. you got Morgan State, Norfolk State, Maryland Eastern Shore, Coppin State. 66 and a half wins for the Nationals. That is bad. It's not good. They played 162, so they got them 66 and 94 or something? Nope. 66 four, and 96? Four and six would never get you a two. 66 and 96? Is that right? It was pretty good. It um, wasn't. It took you two chances. Two, I mean, two tries. Technically. <laughs> when, you, when you added a four and a six, you should have known you were wrong. Are you sure JMU is in the Sun Belt for basketball? I don't know. What conference are they I in? I think they're in it for both of them. You looked them up. We got to give JMU some credit here. Yo, Richmond, we should also give some credit to. Yeah, they're in a Sunbelt Conference, too. Richmond is killing it. Richmond is 17-6, and 12-0 at home, and 9-1 and in conference. And that's the A-10, which is usually pretty good hoops. Um, VCU also, 16-8, and 8-3 eight, uh, eight and three in conference. I don't know that that's a multi-bid league, but they're playing some hoops down in Richmond. Um, give me JMU. Landfill, I know they're doing well. They are 22-3 and three overall, 9-3 and three in conference play. Okay. So there you have it. Now, I, I believe that is officially a very – remember Steinberg used to do the, the local 11, the top local 11 college hoops? I think we've covered everybody. If we missed anybody at this point – I apologize. What about fact, Old Dominion? The fact that he, yeah, Old Dominion, in the, in the Sun Belt as well. Mm-hmm. I can't find the damn Sun Belt. They're 2-10 and 10 in conference play, 6-19 and, and overall. He forgot, Take that, Scott he forgot Jackson. a university, which tells us yeah. they're not in the DMV. West Virginia. Ooh, West Virginia. Ah, Almost have no, 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 no. You totally skipped it because you know it's not, so don't ever say it again. But I will say Old Dominion is south of Richmond, so. So Chris Russell doesn't care about them. Doesn't care about them. It's kind of messed up, Chris. Um. I don't understand why the Sun Belt standings are so hard to get, but I will give you the Big 12 because it makes sense that West Virginia plays in the same conference as Kansas. Um, West Virginia, damn. West Virginia's 8-16 and 16 in hoops. Sorry to all our, our folks in the DMWV. Landfill, it's a simple question. Will the commanders be aggressive in free agency this offseason? I actually think they will. I think that they're they're out there. The new regime, 
both the owners as well as the front office guys, they're kind of looking to uh, maybe make a, a splash. They'll know that Ron Rivera didn't do a whole hell of a lot in the offseason the past couple of years, and I think they understand that going out there and maybe making a big signing or a trade or something would go a long way with the fans to showing that you're uh, really trying to get this team better. Jeffrey? Yes, they will be aggressive. They know, well, I'm, I'm going to say ownership know, they have to put some product on the field that will compete this year. Because you see how the fan base went up in flames and they didn't even have full control over the entire season. They have to put something on on the field next year that's going to be uh be good for the fan for the fan base even if we're not you know competing for playoffs fully it got to look good on the eyes no matter what team is put out there okay can i counter sure three words trust the process this owner bottomed tf out in philly and to build it the right way. Now, I'm not saying I know if they will or will not, but I do believe that this ownership group, to get Adam Peters, said, yo, we're willing to do this the right way, and we know it's going to take time. But I think ultimately in basketball and football, it's two totally different things. I agree. You can bottom out in basketball, have one player out of a draft, and it changes your whole team. Don't work like that in football. I agree. And if you if they Unless come in here and if they I identify some core guys and see who they can move from there, I don't think you gotta completely get rid of everybody to go all the way down. Some of these there are guys on this team that can outright play. You keep them around, you add a few more spots to it, you get you a legitimate quarterback, the offensive line is strong, you you move forward. You think they'll be aggressive? I think it's going to be kind of a uh, not not just like uh, Nikki said. I think they they'll be aggressive to a point, but not uh, not reckless. I think there will be moves to make this team better, but I think it will be more with an eye at the long term. Like I, I think, I think the draft will be far more important than free agency. Long term in football. Is two, three years down the road. Sure. Long-term in basketball could be four, five, six years down the road. Agree with that. So I think this year, <clears throat> they go into this draft and they get some key people from free agency. Then you know exactly where to go in the draft. And if your guys go out there and hit the ground running and you see this this uh, mindset is changing, I'm not going to use the word, the C word. If the mindset the C is, word. Is the mindset is changing, around, you know what I'm talking about, the one that you don't like to chur. So, uh, the C word. Y'all so stupid. So you go around and you start seeing that. Then next year, they get a chance to move a little even more aggressive. Two things. All-important Sunbelt Basketball Conference update, and it's an NFL <clears throat> legend's birthday. Join me in wishing that NFL legend a happy birthday when we return. Culture Club? Flock of Seagulls? Dead or alive? Dead or alive. B doesn't even have his headphones on. You spin me right round, baby, right round, like a record, baby, right round, right round. Jeff, what stopped you in your tracks? We were all grooving. 
I'm surprised you need to wear your headphones. You should be because I thought I thought this was a different version. I thought this was the flow rider version. You spin me right around me, right around when you go down, when you go. Whoa, Jeff, pause. That's that's the name of the lyric. Listen, also, I want to clear something up. (laughs) For anybody that, the amount of people that have their head in the gutter, when Brian was talking about the C word that we've banned on this program, it's, it's directly related to this. How would you describe the culture surrounding this football team? You know, the culture... Actually, damn good. I'm done I talking. Wasn't... Turn it up, landfill. It was not. What c word were you talking about? Culture. The culture word was not good. No, and I don't want to hear about culture anymore. Just win some freaking ball games. Um, l- let it play, landfill. We'll take it the whole way through. Um, and then we'll let Jeff sing the chorus. Now, it is an NFL legend's birthday today. I think we should all wish. This person, happy birthday. You ready, boys? Happy birthday, B-Mitch. No. Oh. Happy birthday, Jeff Walker. No. Oh. It's, it's an NFL legend. Yeah, that's why I said myself. No. Joey not. Harrington. No. Oh. Yeah, you are not for long, Lee. <laughs> it's a wide receiver. Santana Malls. No. Right, right receiver here? Why? Not, never played here. True oh. legend. Jerry Rice. Malcolm Kelly. No, but you're close. Landville's not close. Andre Bruce. Larry Fitzgerald. No. When I said he was close to Jerry Rice, I meant it. Randy Moss. Boom. Mm. Happy birthday to Randy Moss. That's who we were talking about all day. Duh. Now, just so we completely wrap up. Now, we were talking about Beamage. Did he just hit us with a duh? He did. We were talking about Beamage, but he threatened to give us all cauliflower ears, so we're pretending it was Randy Moss. Correct. I threatened to give JP cauliflower ears. And Denton Day, from what I understand. Why didn't? That's what I heard. I don't know. Streets is talking. Um, just so we completely I make sure didn't. we cover all of our bases in our college basketball roundup. JMU looks nasty. Yeah. 22 and 3, 9 and 3 in conference in the Sun Belt. Leading the Sun Belt, though, App State is 10 and 2. Troy is 10 and 2. The Raging Cajuns are in fourth place in the Sun Belt at 8 and 4. Um, Marshall, some would argue that Marshall is local. Where is uh, my daughter's school? They don't make the top 12. Good. I need to make a bet with her this year. Uh, Marshall is 12 and 13, 7 and 5 in conference. Sunbelt tourney could be a lot of fun. That uh, Thank you to Bill Cassie for sending that to me. Um, I, I gave it to you, too. Yeah, but then you took your phone back. Yeah, because it's easy. Just go on. All you have to do is pull up the Sunbelt conference. I don't know how you couldn't get it on your computer. We've also heard. I just uh, went right to score and got it. We've heard. I guess I would say different reports on the legality of weed in the state of Virginia. Jeff, we're going to turn to you as our weed expert. Is weed legal in Virginia? I don't know. I don't do anything with marijuana in Virginia. Okay. Virginia doesn't mess around. At all. Normally they don't. I don't even speed. Not all right, that's not true. I, I stay I stay 10 under the speed limit. Landville, they're, they're arresting for that. Landville, you believe, you live in Virginia. Do you know? That's true. Or believe if weed is legal in Virginia. I think it's legal. They just don't sell it. So what they want in the new bill is to be able to sell it? Mm-hmm. All right. Why I make it legal speed. if you're not going to sell it to people? I smell it. Let me inhale it. Let's get to her to hear first. Jeffrey? Okay, so it wasn't a good night for the fishbowl. Uh, 
we both went 0-1. Landfill should have never bet against me, and I should have never took the parlay. Uh, JP and B Mitch, I both hit y'all bets last night. So y'all let's go. Want to know? Now you want to be on my side? Why now, you giving me a a womp womp? Because he's a hater. You are a hater. Who you got? On July first, twenty twenty one, weed became legalized for personal use and possession of marijuana. You have to be twenty one years older and, and present in Virginia to legally have it. All right. Give me the avalanche and give me the kings tonight. How on earth do you land on the avalanche as uh, playing the Caps? He just re- re- reaching. I just went. I was about to say. I just scrolled down and seen NHL odds. Uh, I'm taking Creighton minus nineteen and a half. Creighton minus nineteen and a half. That's a big number. Who are they playing? Georgetown. Oh, <laughs> give me uh, Sacramento Kings plus five and a half. Mm. I'm screaming out. Believe that. You'll turn him back. I don't know what I like tonight. Um, Do you I'll, ever? No. That's fair. Fair point. I'll go to the association. Um, I'll take OKC and uh, Orlando over as well. I'll take the Brooklyn Nets at home getting nine. Nueve. Go Nets. Thank you to everybody that joined the program today. Thank you to Mike Jones. Thank you to Barstool Nate. Thank you to Drew Wilder. And thank you to Nikki Javala. Did we do any calls today, Jeff? I don't think we did, right? We did do calls. Did we? Early on. I don't think we did. You talked to a few people. I don't think so. Yeah. Who? That dude, man. That wasn't today? No, we did calls yesterday on the Super Bowl. Well, I take calls every day because we give out tickets. So that's the calls you took. You know what? Yeah. Thank you to everybody that called in. <laughs> Whether or not you were on the air, we're not sure. Thank it's, you to everybody. Some that, things are called fried. Thank you to everybody that listened to the program. Except for the guy who insulted my music choices. Yeah. Every, thank you to everybody except him. Who? Granddaddy coming your way next. You made it this far. I owe you a beer. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.